Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Last time, I think, last time I bought a cell phone was like 2009. So what you're saying is, now you have phone authority. don't know how to wield that power. And I don't really have any interest in it, and I have no idea how I'm going to like transfer things over to a different phone. I don't know how that works. Uh, there's a lot of things that should transfer over pretty easily. Yeah, there's so, like a there's yeah. like a million ways to do it, but if you just take your old phone and they have a machine. halfway through that advice. <laughs> yeah, just go in back. Don't know how it work. Move stuff over here. They'll just do it for you. Yep. It's just be like a, a young teenager working the counter that'll just fix all that. Yep. Right. Be like, whatever, old man, and just do it for you. Because it just went to Merp Rogers' website, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know how to tell it what I want to do, and I don't know what <laughs> these phones do. <laughs> uh, you're the oldest of old men. It, I can use the phone fine if it's in my hand. I just don't know. Yeah, it's going to melt someday, and then... <laughs> Yeah. yeah well, it has to be. Yeah. Blob. It, well, I don't know. It came out of nowhere, though. It just started happening like this afternoon and it just it just restarts itself. And then mm. sometimes yeah. it freezes back up in the middle of restarting. So then you have to manually restart it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's straight up new phone behavior. Mm-hmm. But they'll make me pay for that phone, won't they? I, don't uh, I mean, yeah, but there's not, different not options. Not only will they make you pay for it, but now they refuse to like let you uh, do the thing you used to do where, you know, you would subtract or whatever, and you just would sell you the phone at a discount. Now, instead, they'll be like, oh, we're just going to add $35 to your bill for the next... Well, yeah, that's the other thing I've noticed, though, is that the um, like the phones range, like, it'll... Because on the website, it's like some of them are like 8 bucks a month, and some of them are like 40 something a month. I'm like, well, I don't know which one I need or what any of them do. Depends if you want I mean, a newer a newer model or an older model. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, are you wanting like a good phone? I don't know. Prefer it not to break up. Then I would probably go for something in maybe the the twenty to thirty dollar range. I, maybe thirty five if you want to get a little fancy. I wouldn't recommend going high end because actually high end phones tend to have issues. In the mid-grade phones. Yeah, yeah if you could find, you can find a good one right in the middle. So that's the way to go. Yeah, middle. I'll do my best. Yeah, it tends it tends to be the most expensive phones have like all the newest technology in them, but that also means it's technology that hasn't been like whittled down, perfected. 
So it's staring. Maybe I'll just try to hang on to this one a little longer and see if everything can go even worse. Nice. Right of that. See what happens. Same, because the state of Illinois has continued to uh, fail my family. My stepdaughter's getting shipped to a state facility temporarily until she can be put into a permanent place. Oh, that sucks. Uh, I mean, better than... Well, it's, Nothing, it's better. Guess, it's better but... Well, yeah, it's better than her coming home with us going bankrupt. But, but the only problem is, it, I, this will mean nothing to Doug, but Brian will probably understand. Uh, it's in Waukegan, which is like practically in another state. Yeah, that's probably a good what four-hour drive for you. It's it's four-hour drive if there's no traffic and you have to go through or around Chicago to get to it. Yeah, Tom, it's... No bueno. It's no bueno whatsoever. Yeah. And that's so, four hours one way, so... Yeah, one like way. If you, if you just wanted to pop in for the day to see her, that's eight-hour drive time or however long you would then stay and hang out. Yeah, and, and do that like Anna's stuff. She doesn't do... She does okay, but she doesn't do super well in very long car rides, so that complicates things. Yeah. So, so that's it. Is it just right. sounded like sounded like Noah just punched his microphone and then uh, stormed off. Yeah. Like he did, he did a mic drop out of nowhere, but it's like yeah. you weren't you weren't okay. doing some cool speech. Can you yeah. guys still hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah. And and does it sound okay? I don't sound distant or something. You do sound a little distant, but not too bad. The buzzing covers up most of the distance. <laughs> well, a thing just popped up and said my microphone. Assuming it's because my cat. Sorry, my wife is trying to do something in the kitchen and the dog is not cooperating. So if you hear random swearing in the background, that'll be there. Okay. No, it still seems all right. It's <laughs> uh, So, yeah. So that, so that is what it is dealing with. That. And then last weekend, because my third attempt at my honeymoon's coming up. I went to buy my airline tickets, right, in which I found affordable airline tickets, which is great, because whenever I started looking like three or four months ago was whenever the prices spiked, and I was like, okay, well, can't do that. <laughs> can't can't spend an extra $2,000 on uh, coach-ass plane tickets. Uh, so that was all right, and I went to confirm my dates, only to find out that within the last week, Carnival canceled my fucking honeymoon again. <laughs> and whenever I called them to like sort shit out, they were such fucking douchebags about it. They were like, well, we can give you uh, $500 in onboard credit. And I was like, is that the same? The same $500 in onboard credit that you gave me for the last two times <laughs> that you that you canceled my honeymoon at the last minute? Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, they don't stack or anything. And I was like, so what you're saying <laughs> Is now you've nothing. done even worse things and you're doing nothing. Well, no, we're giving you the five hundred dollars. Yeah, that that was for the last time. You were already giving me five hundred dollars. Yeah, that was already my thing. So, okay, and and then they were like, oh well, there's another cruise with the same stuff taking off two weeks earlier, and I was like, yeah, except once again, you're doing this at the last minute. We already have our work schedules worked out we already have hotels we already have all that kind of stuff so 
and, and it ended up being a whole thing. Finally, I fucking I was just like, give me my fucking money back. I don't. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I got my money back, and I was able to rebook a different cruise with a different company that happened to be the exact same day. Nice. Can't wait so, till next week when we find out why that one got canceled. Oh God, damn it. don't you put that even? <laughs> I just, man, if if it wasn't for the fact that we managed to pull off the wedding without any issues, it, I would just, I would just be so uncontrollably depressed over the fact that all my plans keep getting burned to ash in front of my eyes. Mm. Yeah, I have to speak carefully because my wife is over here, but. I just planned a big old trip as well. And I started to think about destinations or things to do. And I was like, I don't trust COVID or the world. So I had to take some things off the table. Your situation sort of being one of them. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Relatively, it's actually safer. Now. Nah, don't care. Are you sure? Yep. Would you like to hear the protocol? Because the protocol's pretty good. I uh, don't care because uh, I'm not having them cancel on me like three times like you just went through. So oh, yeah, well, yeah, don't book, don't book with current. <laughs> so. But it doesn't matter. I already, I've already paid for stuff and plane tickets and whatever. So let's go. I'm excited. Yeah, I was actually pretty, whenever I rebooked with this other one, I was super excited because I was like, okay, what's the COVID situation? Because I don't want to get screwed on that. And they were like, okay, well, you have to, because we're going one of our stops is in the Bahamas. Uh, the bah- while the United States refuses to do so, the Bahamas has a 100% vaccine requirement. So you cannot board this ship without a vaccine, which that's pretty dope. Uh, and you also have to have a negative test within the previous 48 hours in order to get onto the ship. Yeah, that's so, good. so being aboard that ship is probably actually safer than going to my office. Yeah. Probably is, but like I said, I'm just not uh, not dealing with all that stuff. I'm just like, fuck it. A very simple, easy thing that I don't have to worry about. Pigeon Forge. No. Uh, not, not a fan. New Orleans. No. Wisconsin Dells. No. Uh, uh, Las Vegas. No. New York City. <laughs> no. Just keep guessing, Noah. Keep guessing. South Padre Island? I don't even know where that's at. Texas. Oh, no. Los Angeles? No. Santiago. No. I've heard another city that I even know. Reno. (laughs) You're going to go get hookers. No. You don't go to Reno for hookers. You go to Las Vegas for hookers. Well, that's not true. Prostitution's (laughs) illegal in the greater Las Vegas area. I know it is. Side of it. I'm just saying the fact that it's illegal makes it more fun. <laughs> that's that's why you throw cocaine in the mix too. It ain't worth it if you can't get to prison for it. Exactly. Uh, Seattle. No, not even remotely close. Sailing on Lake Michigan. No, oh, that would be the worst vacation ever. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna keep saying things. Until well, I can't really say what it is because she's standing here and she hasn't been presented with this vacation yet, so. Believe. Oh. This is your perfect opportunity. Oh, it's, it's, it's like paid trip to Mexico. 
Yeah, I should definitely tell her in the background while I'm doing a podcast instead of on our anniversary on Sunday. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, this is like one of those big romantic gestures, like when people like propose at a ball game or whatever. Like you're doing that. This is not you're the same her as know proposing her, at a ball game. You're letting her know about her anniversary gift in front of both of our listeners. <laughs> you too? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I know I won't be able to listen to this episode because my phone's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh disney what universal studios six flags what are you yelling about just i'm still taking shots in the dark I'm trying to guess the plans i wasn't talking to you she was mumbling something she walked out of the kitchen i don't know <sighs> she's like this is some bullshit <laughs> no she's excited because it's a trip that she didn't have to plan and that's part of the gift <laughs> that, that, actually that's pretty fantastic <laughs> yeah that's part of it. We just went down to St. Louis at the beginning of October, and there were six of us. And uh, there was like a discussion, like, where should we go for breakfast? And everybody kind of shrugged their shoulders. And she's like, God damn it. If I have to fucking pick everything we do on this trip, I'm going to knife somebody. See, St. Louis is a weird one because despite the fact that st louis is a fairly big there just isn't a whole fucking lot to do in st louis well we weren't actually in st louis in st louis we went we went to her work somebody was selling tickets for charity for a cards cubs game i don't you know necessarily care that much but you know i do i don't pay attention to anything but i like going to a ballpark and enjoying sort of the atmosphere and having a hot dog and a beer or whatever. Yeah. No, I guess. Uh, so we went and did that, but we stayed at an Airbnb like half an hour outside the city. Oh, see that's so te- Yeah. So technically we were half an hour outside the city and then we were trying to figure out what we we're doing for breakfast. Did you stay like St. Charles side? Uh, I have no idea. I was not in charge of picking anything again. Did you guys go to beast and stuff your face? No, because I don't know what that is. It's a, there's a barbecue place that's outside. Oh. St. Louis that's fucking phenomenal. Nope. Don't even remember the name of the place we went, but it was very nice and the breakfast was very good. Good times. Should we talk about uh, Burt Reynolds movies? Talk about that gator? You know that. Yeah. Um, I know Doug had a really good time. So do you want to tell us about White Lightning, Doug? Uh I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> so the movie, actually, the opening scene is probably is kind of cool. There's these guys all get taken out to a swamp, and uh, there's like, it's like a, a hit type situation. So these two guys are blindfolded, and they get murdered and left in the swamp. Um, come to find out that one of those guys is the brother of Burt Reynolds, who's in jail for moonshining. And Burt Reynolds gets word that his brother's been killed and that the local sheriff is involved. So he turns state's evidence in order to get himself out of prison. By the way, Sheriff Ned Beatty. Yes, sorry. Um, anyways, yeah, so he gets himself uh, gets himself out by snitching and then goes down there to cause some trouble. And there's a a lot of the middle of the movie there where I'm not really paying attention. He meets this uh-huh. girl who brags about how she masturbated at a younger age than other girls masturbate at because she thinks that's a turn on. Um, there's yeah. I don't, how did this movie end? Do you guys remember? 
uh, he Dukes of Hazard tricks the evil sheriff into chasing him over uh, uh, yeah into the lake and drowns. That's correct. Yeah, it's a it's an extremely violent episode of Dukes of Hazard at the end. One hundred percent. No, I I am I don't I didn't look this up, but I'm one hundred percent convinced that this movie is why Dukes of Hazard was a thing. Because <laughs> this movie is Dukes of Hazard I, just taking itself seriously. I could not I could not stop thinking that the entire time I was watching these. Like why do the Duke boys in this movie think that what they're doing is serious and not comedy? The whole uh, time. I didn't read anything for this one, but for the next movie, two of the stunt guys did get work on Dukes of Hazard afterwards. It makes total sense to me. Like yeah. these are extended Dukes of Hazard episodes that treat themselves very, very seriously. Yeah. Well, I got to say, White Lightning. I was actually a pretty big fan. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it in general. The only problem I had is, despite the fact that Burt Reynolds's character is mostly kind of this likable rogue. He spends a good portion of this movie uh, fucking his only friend's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is... Yeah, but they weren't really friends. Uh, were they not? Wasn't that kind of the whole point? No. That uh, that guy, the, the... What do they call him? Dude? They introduced him. I, I suppose, so, but I, I don't know. It's it's really hard to get behind a character who's uh, who's just cucking somebody who's inside eating breakfast <laughs> while he's plowing their wife in the backyard. Well, they weren't married, so... Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I'll take that a step further, though. It's really hard to get behind any character in any of these movies because they're all just these, like, scumbags. Like... Like take the uh, I was character. I was behind Gator in this movie, not so much in the next movie, but because my whole thing with him is like, okay, so he's this like criminal guy, right? So you can't really he's not a traditional good guy, okay? Well, so but he's just uh, I mean, he's a moonshiner. All right, I, but then it, if you're if you're gonna go okay, but yeah, he's he's the he's the good criminal, like the likable criminal type character. You can't have him be a rat, like <laughs> that doesn't work that way, right? But he but he was that makes him. It's the, the whole reason he he did it was to get out of jail. He told uh, I think he told dude like nobody's going to be in trouble. I, there was only one person I care about getting my hands on. It is the sheriff. He had no intention of turning anybody else in. Okay, and then the movie ends with him murdering a sheriff, and yeah, th- that's a happy ending because there's no consequences to that. Yeah, because he was a terrible sheriff. He was a bad person. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he was he was an evil dude who murdered two high schoolers at the beginning. Yeah. And was corrupt. Yeah. Making I'm money tough. off the, all the illegal moonshine that was going on around his county. I'm, I'm down with action movie logic that when you can kill the bad guy because he's a bad guy. But the idea that you a guy gets out of jail because he's working with the feds and then kills the guy that he's there to be tar- to target and then doesn't have any consequences to that is just it's 80s action movie absurdity without the fun of an 80s action movie and everything blowing up and well it's because stuff, so. it's because this is a 70s movie i know so i mean literally usually stuff ends roll credits no no explanation this one we do get a little bonus scene of him tending the parade for the sheriff's funeral 
I mean, for all we know, he could have been picked up like a couple days later or something. And they're like, you didn't do your job. Of course, we do find out that wasn't the reason in the next movie, but. Yeah, no, I was going to say, <laughs> spoiler alert. No. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't get into these movies at all. Either one of them. So be prepared for me to mutter on like this during the next discussion as well. Yeah. I was just the, like. The next one's fine. I had a bunch of problems with that one too. I actually fell asleep during part of it. So. Yeah, yeah, I thought this. I thought this one was fun enough that it keeps mm. you going. Like that's, like I yeah. said, it's it's a slightly more serious Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard's all right, sans the overt racism. <laughs> the thing with the thing with Dukes of Hazard is I haven't watched it since I was a child, and I'm pretty sure it's not a good idea to rewatch it. I'm reasonably confident that if I were to track down some Dukes of Hazard and watch it, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as an adult either, right? As a kid, it was like, oh, look at the cars jump, and who cares about just about anything else? Uh, my recommendation would be to download the PlayStation Dukes of Hazard video game. Play that, because that actually plays, I think, a lot more like what you remember Dukes of Hazard being like yeah. than actually watching the TV show. I remember it being pretty fun. Oh, it was. You just race around the General Lee, but then there'll be a cutscene. Where Uncle Jesse's getting robbed at the at the farm, and you show up to stop him, and you're gonna chase him, but he's like, "Now hold on, there, boys, we got to get the payment to the bank. By the time they close today, we lose the farm. So then you got to race back into town." Yeah, yeah. There's the whole thing that if the cops start chasing you, you had to hit one of those ramps so that you yeah. could jump something, and the cop would slam into it. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's good times. That game sounds fun. And it's all the original uh, voice cast from the show. They all showed up to do their voices on it. Really? Yeah, the only other except question Uncle, I have. Except Uncle it, Jesse. I think he was dead at that point. Yes. Just maybe somebody could fucking answer this question for me. Mm-hmm. Was Moonshine running still that big of a fucking thing in the 60s and 70s? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because, well, there's tons of movies about it. But what? What possible purpose does it serve? Like, I get, I get if you're doing a movie about 1929 uh, prohibition era moonshine running, because those dudes were big time criminals making a ton of money. You know what I mean? I think conceptually in the like the 60s, 70s style moonshining is just avoiding the taxes on the liquor. Yeah. You're making it and selling it directly to other citizens and not paying the government any of the profit. Right. And, 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 I, get that. So and, and I get that it is, in fact, illegal. Right. But but nobody gives a fuck. No, but that's the whole reason why it was illegal is because the taxes were not being paid on it. It It, it is really strange because it's like there there is illegal smuggling of like. I mean, there's illegal smuggling of cigarettes between our two countries because they can somehow avoid taxes by by making the smokes here and shipping them there or or vice versa. I don't really know how it works. But, you know, like, why does that exist? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, I don't understand who these people are who are so concerned about paying an extra dollar for their whiskey that they just are willing to, like, risk jail time to not buy the legal stuff that you can get off the shelf in the store. I don't. It doesn't make right. sense to me. Right. Well, I, I don't. Because well, in prohibition, a bottle, so a gallon of grain alcohol went for 
what's the equivalent today of like 150 to 250 dollars for gallon which is just fucking insane to think about because that's expensive by like anybody's concept but the moment regular booze became legal again like in the 70s you could have went and bought a fifth of decent whiskey for ten dollars so how much are you gonna pay for somebody's garbage ass bathtub booze and, well, and how could it possibly make it worth making it well I think it's, it's hard to produce in large quantities i've i've stilled liquor before and i mean making a gallon of ethanol is like work and it takes a long time well, if I remember correctly, which I may not, um, I think some of it, and maybe during this time, it may not even been true, but I think a lot of it was, it wasn't even really that illegal to buy it. Like, I don't think anybody really cared about them buying it. It was illegal to sell it. And that's what the big thing they were cracking down on. Like if you bought some and somebody found out, like the cops would just be like, well, we're going to take this. Don't ever do it again. And that would pretty much be the end of it. But I'm selling it. I mean, like I said, they weren't okay. yeah, the paying taxes it. on it and whatever else. And so they were trying to crack down on it. And I totally understand like the crackdown on the, any, any criminal activity. That's usually yeah. why the government is cracking down on it is because they want their share of the cut. Right. Yeah. In most stuff, that's true. Yep. Just ask but, Al Capone. And it's, I mean, right now we're witnessing it in Canada right now with, legalization of marijuana is that you know nobody asks you where you got your marijuana but if you we're still arresting anybody who's caught selling it right yeah so you know and that's exactly the reason is to make sure that they claim it's so it goes through the safety standards and stuff but it's really the taxes exactly. um, but uh again the question is who's buying it like <laughs> well i mean some people may just like it which sounds weird because i don't i've I've had some moonshine, but I think it's more professional, professionally made moonshine. It's yeah, not bad. Moonshine um, is rough. It, it it is. I could not drink a whole lot of it because I would die. But, um, uh, what was my point? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just maybe because they do drop it off at like a bar and stuff at a certain point. And maybe for them, it's just like, well. It's cheaper to buy wholesale from these guys than the well, and that's I guess the the movies don't explore it, but maybe there is no. like an industry behind this, right? It's not about making a couple of gallons at a time and running it to the neighbors. It's about mass production and selling to the bar industry and making a profit that way. And we are talking about the South, who I'm sure had no problem still being mad and not wanting to give money to the government. I don't understand how these movies work though because are they making fun of people from the south or are they just so prejudiced against people from the south that when they try to accurately portray them it comes across as making fun of them I don't a little little column A little column B I feel like it's it's, it's some weird spot in between making fun of them into almost fetishizing well, yeah, because it's weird because that it's southern life. You know what I mean? They're making fun of them, but they're also playing them off as this like, oh, wholesome, like, down home, good old boys kind of attitude. And I find it very strange because it's 
it's almost like this condescending attitude that exists in these films where it's like, even when they're doing something terrible, it's almost like, ah, they just don't know any better because they're so dumb and they're from the <laughs> South. And it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost mean that they're not being meaner to them in some ways. And it's like, we're not laughing at them. We're supposed to be laughing with them because they would find this funny too. And it's like, but would they though? Yeah, I don't know. Joe Bob Briggs calls this, calls this sort of sub genre. He calls it exploitation. That's fair. Yeah. Accurate. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this one's fun, but fun enough. It's, it's too long. Oh, both of these are way too long. These the, the thing about 70s filmmaking is like they love to take these, you know, hour and a half long plots and stretch them out to two hours so they could spend a bunch of time just meandering around. And that really helps in dramatic films. But in these types of movies, it really hurts. It's, it's the exact opposite effect here as it would in like Jaws or Rocky or, you know, other good examples. This yeah. one didn't this bother me all that much good. because... Because, yeah, there'll be some sort of, like, dramatic scene or whatever. But then the next scene, because we didn't mention it, uh, Burt Reynolds' character, Gator, has this really souped-up car that can pretty much outrun anything the police has. So they'll have this big, long, dramatic scene and then cut to super awesome, like, car chase. So they at least break it up decently, whereas the next one, there's very little chases. It starts off with a pretty cool boat chase, but then after that... It's kind of boring. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with most of what you just said, I guess. Yeah. I just was still bored in the first movie, too. So imagine how I felt in the second movie. Well, so should, should we move on to the second movie? I mean, we should. can. Anything else about White Lightning that you liked, didn't like, whatever? Mustacheless Burt Reynolds is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to process, isn't it? You're like, I don't know. Like your it brain, says it's your Burt Reynolds, but... Handle it. Uh, one of the things I read, which it's on IMDb, so, yeah, take it however you want. 100% accurate. Was this was actually going to be Spielberg's first movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he apparently worked on it for like two months, like pre-production, and then just decided the movie was not for him, and then left, and then he went and made Sugarland Express instead. Okay. Probably. Um, probably. Um, but I don't know. Super car chase movie with early Spielberg. I wouldn't mind taking a look at it. Yeah, I think it'd be, <laughs> Spielberg would do car chases better, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about Spielberg's yeah. car chase movie that he did make a while back, and it's, yeah. you know, it, we, we were all pretty much in favor of that. that he, he knew how to build that drama between the vehicles, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other big thing is, uh, so the scene, there's a scene where, uh, gators outrunning the cops and you know you have to be like well you have to be more specific but <laughs> this specific time he ends it by jumping off of a river riverbank and landing on a barge yeah then i don't understand how he got his car off that later but nope whatever they just they just whitewash that there's just like a, a line of dialogue where they're like what'd you do to this again he's like i scratched it up a little bit oh the bottom's uh, all smashed up he's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in the movie, he jumps off the bank and then hits the barge, but like his back tires don't make it on. So like the back half of the car is still sort of hanging off the barge. Yeah. Not a surprise, but that was not how that was supposed to go. No, that wasn't an accident. He was supposed to be yeah. all the way on it. 
Yeah, you're supposed to land completely on it. And the stunt guy, his, his name was Hal something or another, uh, didn't get super hurt, but was kind of you know knocked around and was dazed a little bit. And he was kind of upset with himself that he didn't land it. But they're like, hey, you know, shit happens. Don't don't worry about it. We got it. And we're just going to use what we got. So I like uh, what happened better than what was supposed to happen. I can tell you that. <laughs> So then the same stuntman comes back for Gator. And specifically a scene we'll get to where Burt Reynolds jumps onto the back of a truck who, who apparently he actually did that part of it. And then the truck took off because I guess Burt Reynolds used to be a stuntman back in the day, which I was not aware of. I was not aware of that either. <laughs> apparently first couple things he did, he was just a stuntman on. Um, so then the truck takes off and there's this big chase and then cut to a scene where it goes over like a sand dune and then like rolls and you see the guy who's doubling for Burt Reynolds, who is the same stuntman, like jump off of it as it's rolling in the air and lands really hard on the beach. Apparently broke his neck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because that is by far the best scene in this movie and the stunt yeah. looks friggin' awesome. Like, yeah. like when that when that truck flips Apparently and that stuff awesome was flying in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate that somebody really yeah. got hurt in that because it was the only real yeah. positive thing I had to say about this movie. And, and I think it's the like, oh, he broke his neck. Like he wasn't paralyzed, but like his vertebrae were fucked up afterwards, and you know, he did not have the same quality of life after oh, after geez. this movie. But I'm just like, man. That guy should have learned. Don't double for for Burt Reynolds after the first movie. But it looked awesome, though. Those are two of the most memorable moments in these movies. And you're telling me that one is a mistake and the other one is where a guy broke his neck. Yep. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Because I like I was going to bring up that stunt I, and I'm like, I don't know how they pulled that off. They're killing somebody. And it's like, oh, well, just barely. That's the answer. <laughs> they almost did. <laughs> Uh, all right. So Noah, do you want to, do you want to run down, uh, Gator for us? Sure. Uh, so Gator's now living out in the swamp with his swamp family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a highfalutin New York DA comes up with a plan to blackmail him into assisting him in taking down this, uh, similar to the previous movie, Crime Lord Corrupt. Uh, guy who's kind of got his fingers in everything. Like, the movie kind of takes its time, making sure you know he does every crime. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then it meanders about, so it's, it, like, that's that's it. That's the entire plot. Like, there's no... A lot of a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. It, but the, <laughs> plot doesn't, the plot doesn't advance very much. It weirdly so. feels like it's shit from other movies. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, you guys I, so I have... I have one immediate thing that got me super excited about this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's because everybody knows I have a pretty raging boner for movies that have sweet ass theme songs written specifically <laughs> for the movie. It, and uh, this has got that, that country yeah. swamp gator song. And I was like, opens, opens, yeah. opens with it. Opens with it. It's all the movie. song too. And they played that whole thing. That's yep. what I'm saying. It's like, all right, let's get going. And then we start with that, uh, attack on the swamp and, uh, basically Burt Reynolds 
running around in a souped up speedboat just fucking mm. up cops shitty <laughs> fucking fishing boats that they use for some fucking reason right it's the most yeah. of hazardy moment of the entire movie where right. they're just like and the cops are like gosh darn it he wrecked another one of our police boats and it's like aren't you yeah. gonna maybe charge him with a crime for wrecking your police boat no all right <laughs> yeah and it got me it got me real excited for this movie because i was like okay so i see what they're doing they're taking the same character and they're just gonna make it a little more ridiculous and i can get down with that mm. but <laughs> big big butt first pumps, the, first pumps bi- the brakes pretty quick yeah first big butt uh this movie was released six years after the last movie in Burt Reynolds aged mm. 25 years. It's three years, wasn't it? Yeah. First one was 73. Was it this 76? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought this years. was 79 for some reason. No. Okay. Well, probably because Burt Reynolds looks so much older. Right? Oh, my God. Doesn't he? Am I crazy? Does, isn't he 20 years older? In the interest of fairness, during that three years, he managed to have a nine-year-old daughter. So... <laughs> That'll age you, right? <laughs> if you can, if you can manage to fit having a kid go from not not existing to being nine in three years, that's going to age you up, man. It takes time. Yeah, White Lightning was seventy three and Gator was seventy six. Can I read you guys a quote from the New York Times about the production of Gator? Can, can you guys hear that crinkling sound? A little bit. No, okay. well, I, I wouldn't have even think. noticed until you said I something. Gotta, I got to deal with that. I'll be right back. Yeah. So the quote I was going to read says, Reynolds says that they sent him the script for the film and he refused to do it, saying it's a terrible script. Then they asked me if I wanted to direct. And I said, it's a wonderful script. (laughs) So he knew the movie was going to suck. And then they gave it to a first time director who's just so that he'd be willing to act in it. Uh, (laughs) Does that not sum up what's wrong with this movie? That explains a lot of what's wrong with this movie. we We have a bad script, so let's get a guy who's never directed before. Who's a, a former stuntman turned actor, apparently. <laughs> Just throw him there. And even as the director, I mean, Bert was like, not, not like, well, some of this stuff doesn't make sense from the last movie I was in. Guess not. But I again, mean, I guess sequels weren't a huge thing back then, but it just seems like he would have been like, where's my daughter come from? Why is my dad played by the same guy that played dude's dad in the last movie this doesn't make any damn sense no no he didn't care but again he acknowledges the script was terrible but was willing to do it because he wanted to be a director which i mean i guess we all do shit at work that you don't want to do because it might help you get that promotion or whatever but i mean from an artistic perspective it's like acknowledging that you're gonna make a bad movie just so that you can get the credit under your belt it's kind of weird to say it I don't know if you guys already mentioned this, but isn't it also weird? So Burt Reynolds makes no attempt to play the same character, even though it's the same. Character. No. Well, it's it's a cartoon version of the character from the last film. That's the way I looked at it. But he's not doing the same accent. He's not. I, I don't, he's he's doing the same accent, but turned up a little bit. That's the way I look at it all. Plus, he's. I think he's a little bit more Burt Reynolds by this time, and he's just relying on people like wanting him to be cool that's that's what i was getting ready to say he's playing burt reynolds in this movie yeah the character from the last movie no i just found out the tagline for this movie (laughs) only one man delivers a hundred proof excitement oh for fuck's sakes 
right. Do they know that 100 proof means 50%? <laughs> so here's the thing. With the, back, with the backdrop of the moon shining stuff, uh-huh. it's really fucking weird that the moon shining stuff has nothing to do with these fucking movies. Hardly. No. The first no. movie a little bit. This movie, not at all. Well, this movie, that's how they blackmail them. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, so did we talk about... I don't... So my biggest complaint about Gator is that there are two things like there are two disparate stories being told here and it is unacceptable to put them both in the same fucking movie you you yeah. cannot have a movie with serious moments such as gator finding out that this drugged up prostitute is 15 and that there isn't a single girl in that entire building that's over 16 and then have these scooby-doo fucking cartoon villains they're fighting throughout it like those two things cannot be in the same movie can i ask you a question a follow-up to that do you believe that they thought it was a serious moment when they announced that all those girls were underage that all the prostitutes were underage because i felt like it was being played almost as a joke do you think so i don't i I don't know if that's poor filmmaking or if that's that's poor filmmaking because i thought they were trying to be serious as well so you think they were trying to be serious okay and they just failed so bad you couldn't tell yeah because he gets this look on his face and he's like come on he's talking to the other guy he's like come on man that girl can't be older than 15 and what's the guy says something like well i usually care more about weight than i do age and then starts laughing and he gets this like gross look on his face. And then when he sits and talks to her, it's very, he's very serious. Like, you know, why are you doing this or whatever? Okay. You think he was being serious there? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I, I accept that explanation. And at, at which point I then turn around and agree with Noah that you shouldn't be doing that in a movie where everything else is a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So, the, and there's a bunch of those moments too. So like, the moment where uh, uh, Bama shoots the DA guy, like, is actually a pretty high-impact, like, dark moment. Yeah. And once again, it's like, I just, you can't you can't do that and have the scene where he's doing donuts with the ridiculously giant fucking James Bond henchman on the roof of his car. <laughs> No, I, I agree with what you're saying is if you're going to make the cartoon movie, then you can't like, I understand what the motivation they were going for. Like, especially with the, with the hookers, like they're trying to give him, like give Gator a reason to, to say enough's enough and get out of the sort of criminal lifestyle and refuse to even do it as part of the sting operation or whatever. But, um, that's not the right way to go about it. Like there's, you find some other way to do it. That's more suiting to the tone of your movie. And you said Rich, uh, James Bond villain, by the way. That was actually supposed to be Jaws from the James Bond movies. <laughs> like Burt Reynolds, like specifically asked him to do it and he was going to do it. And then uh, like his scheduling didn't line up. So he actually recommended the guy who I don't know his name, but I always refer to him as the guy from the Adams Family movies that played Lurch. That was him. I was wondering yeah. about that. Yeah. And then last time I saw him was in uh, Dr. Sleep. So another, uh, another negative check on these, on both these movies is, uh, in it product, product of the seventies. So slightly forgiven, but not 
man the the homophobia in these movies <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. want to be like yeah. jesus fucking christ i mean well, in the w- first in the first one it's an offhand throwaway comment while he's in the mm. the convent when they ask him what happened to him and he was like oh i had to protect my friend from getting you know, screwed by these homosexuals and it's they're all yeah. like oh good thing you were there you know it's like <laughs> at least it wasn't what? just like slur after slur it was just yeah Right, homosexual. Okay, okay. You're, but you're, I mean, you're, you're going really close to the line, brother. Don't go. Oh, you went there anyway. God damn it. Yeah, and then this one. I mean, the character of fucking Smiley is just. Ugh. He is the most stereotypical evil gay quote fingers that has <laughs> ever been put in a fucking movie. Yeah, no, it's 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 problematic. The racism's problematic as well. And I think they think it's okay to do it because it's the bad guys that are yelling the racist things, but I don't think that makes it okay. Yeah. I will say the one thing that Gator has that uh, White Lightning didn't have is is Bama, the main bad guy, is actually like a good charismatic actor who like convinces you to kind of like him and hate him at the same time. As opposed to the first movie that... I, I, I can see, I can see what you're saying there. I think guy. if I... If I'd cared enough about the movie to pay attention, I think I might have might agree with what you're saying. Oh, I'm with you. For me, I was like so checked out that to say like, oh, I cared and I liked and hated the guy at the same time. It's like, no, I didn't give a shit at yeah, all. Holy, <laughs> holy fuck! By the way, how long is that movie? Because the first one's uh, too long. This one is like, I I kept uh, being like, how is this fucking movie not? I had to I had to watch it in pieces. I had to break it up. The uh, the first one was a hundred minutes, so just ten minutes over over an hour and a half. This one was three minutes away from being two hours. Yeah, that's too fucking much. Yeah, yeah fuck, fuck that. It it sucks the fucking life out of you. <laughs> yeah, that's a mild exaggeration, but to be fair, for me, it was like I literally watched this in like probably four to five pieces where it was like i'll watch the first half hour and then i'll go have dinner and then i'll come down and watch a little more and then i'll go put some laundry on and then well i better just go check if the laundry's ready so i deposit a couple more times it was just weird yeah in in it's a it's a disservice that the film does to itself because the it's got good stuff in it like there are moments that are great that you're kind of into like i said Whenever Bama shoots the cop and stuff, those scenes are real good. And, and pretty much most of the climax of the film is pretty good. But they just piddle fuck around getting there. I just, it, yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff is just them wasting fucking time on, st- once again, stuff that's got nothing to fucking do with the plot of the movie. It just goes and goes and goes. I don't know. It's awful. And then you're so, you're so cashed out. By the time something exciting happens, that you don't even realize something exciting is happening because you don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I, I was, I was really bummed because, like I said, I, I actually really enjoyed the first, first one, and this one, I was just like, what the fuck? Like you, like Noah said, within the first like fifteen minutes, you're just like, he's not even playing the same character. Like this is, this is awful. Like, well, what's he doing? Most actors probably shouldn't take on their first directing role in a movie they're in because yeah. the uh, like the 
the fucking it's hard to do both right and i think in this case we see that when he takes on that second role he completely loses the character he's playing and just falls back into his traditional acting habits as opposed to trying to recreate the character from the first film not that i ever i don't think burt reynolds is a great actor at any point anyway i think he's more of a a movie star than an actor. So maybe he's, it's smarter for him from a career perspective to just play himself rather than try to act. But yeah, I was by other complaints. The violence in this one is less impactful. It feels to me. Yeah. Probably, probably because of all the humorous stuff that they're trying to do. So in the, in white lightning, there's this fantastic stretch of the movie from uh, basically when his partner guy gets killed and his shit get taken hostage mm-hmm. to pretty pretty close to the shit where it goes back into Duke's hazard mode and the fucking guy drives <laughs> into the which what a weird once again what a weird ending that is after the uh, abrupt and pretty serious violence that happens in that <laughs> space between right yeah. I agree with that. I mean, and and there's that god awful part where so in White Lightning, where they're in the uh, the abandoned bar or whatever, and he's getting drunk and basically trying to convince this room full of dangerous guys to sexually assault this woman because that'll give him the break he needs to get to the gun. Which that's fucked up. <laughs> it is. I it's mean, real, you you, you do see him. Up. You do see him agonize over it. Because he realizes this is like his only option. Um, they're kind of already doing it anyway, and they're not going to stop. Right. So it's obvious that he is like, fuck. So the only thing I can do is distract all these idiots by sort of riling them up to, to do it more. Just so that I could get us the fuck out of here. Because if I don't, then we're both going to die. You can yeah. tell when they, when they start into it, he's just like, oh, fuck, this is disgusting. Yeah. In which it's some good, that's some good exploitation uh, filmmaking right there. But yeah, then the you problem contrast is it's... that to Gator, where we get Smiley rolled up in a window <laughs> while he drives around in a circle in a very small parking lot. Like Again, that's kind of a fun moment in Gator, but it's a fun moment from a Dukes of Hazzard episode, not from a serious movie. Right. This movie sometimes thinks it is, right? Right. I, I was going to say, that's the the funny thing that I think is, so you go from White Lightning ins- clearly inspiring Dukes of Hazard, which is a slightly goofier take on the same thing, to Gator, which is a slightly shittier take on Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unfair. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like White Lightning was grittier. Like it was just more like dirty, like dirty filmmaking. Yeah. Tell that, you know, they were just kind of going by their seat of the pants to make it. And then Gator feels a lot more polished and pretty and the exploitation just isn't there as much as the other movie. I think it suffers for it. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those that we've talked about it with other movies before. If they would have just committed to one or the other, it would be more enjoyable. If this was a darker, 
movie where they focus on the fact that this Bama guy is, you know, a violent extortionist who's pimping out children. You know what I mean? Great. That's great. That's an intense, crazy movie. I'm into that. Or if they did nothing but uh, smiley and and, <laughs> and fake jaws uh, battling this goofy cartoon character. Also great. Fucking damn it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we can't Jesus. even hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think if uh, if they just yeah, like he said, if they would have committed more one way, gone more uh, Smokey and the Bandit and less uh, serious. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ! We're such a professional group here. I know, right? It's great. <laughs> Are you throwing cellophane out of your room? So there's a tarp that was sitting in the corner of the room. And Char keeps putting the kitten back here. And every time she puts him back, he runs straight over there and jumps into it and starts rolling around in this tarp. <laughs> so we couldn't even hear it at that time. You were being louder than what the kitten was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Liked White Lightning, did not like Gator. I did not like either. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Everybody watch. I watch things. Uh, so I started watching the the newest released episodes of the movies that made us. Yeah, yeah I watched some of those too. Yeah, because they're focusing that. on a bunch of horror movies that I like, which that's exciting. Did you guys know that Sean Cunningham and Wes Craven were so connected? I didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I didn't know that. So it's kind of fun to learn that while watching the, the two back to back and they're both popping up in each other's stories. We'll say yeah. this. Do do you guys feel I don't I don't know if they're doing this on purpose or not. And maybe they're just wanting to focus on the people who don't get as much spotlight. But on every single one of these, the person that you think, oh, 100 percent, that person's going to be an interview on here. And then they're not. Yeah, I feel like that happened on a lot of the episodes from previous seasons as well. Yeah, especially the directors. It's weird that all the directors are like ignored. Well, some of these are bigger directors, too, that they just might not be able to get. Yeah. The Aliens episode, I don't know if they can get James Cameron for the movies that made us. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, once again, that again. Wes Craven obviously can't be there. Sean Cunningham was there. Yeah. Carpenter's not going to show up for this. Well, see, once again, I... John Carpenter fucking loves talking about his movies and he loves all these weird low budget projects and shit that people do so i i think 100 uh, if they asked john carpenter to come talk about making music or something for halloween they'd do it uh music maybe i was to say i feel like since he's doing this uh weird uh late in life rock star thing where he just goes and plays music now and lots and lots of people buy tickets that I think he's less and less interested in talking about the movies he made. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I was into it. I mean, the the Halloween episode was really interesting. You know, a bunch of little, like, 
factoids and things I didn't know about that that were pretty fun. That you're like, oh, okay. I don't think I learned anything new about Halloween per se. Well, it's just it was just it's also fun just listening to people talk about it because there yeah. are these huge movie moments that you know are so inspiring and and are things that like the first time I saw it I was like oh my god that's so fucking genius, and then you hear about them talking and they were like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing I was just like hey what if I do this <laughs> and you're like yeah. god damn it oh I love that like the shape is like a guy that was just hanging around on set and it's just like, like, why don't you just do it? All right. You're here anyway. <laughs> it's like, okay. Right, Luckily so we were friends good. with that guy. Uh, I'm not all the way through them all yet, but I did just, just before coming to record, I just finished the RoboCop episode. That's fun. And oh my God, fucking, uh, why is, why the fuck is my brain not working? Red from that 70s show. Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood. That's his name. Kurtwood Smith. Uh, yeah. Kurtwood Smith is the fucking highlight of that episode. Every time they go back to him, he says something and you just want to like piss your pants laughing. Because yeah. they were talking about like uh, dude being a prima donna and he's like, everyone on set has to call me Robo. And he goes, yeah, they told me that. And my response was, well, then I ain't fucking talking to the guy. <laughs> and he keeps and every time they go back to him he's uh uh doing his impression of uh, paul uh what's what's his last Ver, verhausen is that right is that how you say it i can't remember the director <laughs> but but he keeps being like, are you going to fucking fuck me? <laughs> you know, if you're going to fucking fuck me, tell me you're going to fuck me so that I know I will be fucked. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that guy's crazy. Oh, my God. It's, it, it's Paul Verhoeven, by the way. Oh, I don't. I wanted the listeners to see, uh, come email in and yell at Noah. Sorry. You can still do that anyway, people. I can't remember the fucking random European guy's fucking name. I know he's directed a bunch of great fucking movies. Uh. Random European guy, you're discussing. It's one of your favorite movies of all time. It it probably is my favorite movie. I'm still not going to fucking learn the guy's weird ass name. I couldn't remember fucking Kurt Winsmith's name. You're so fucking American sometimes. (laughs) Yep. Uh, the foreign guy. I don't know. If he wanted me to remember his name, it would be Smith, like a real American. He's not American. <laughs> Fuck him, then. No, but here's the thing. If if his name was John Smith, like, the simplest name, I still wouldn't fucking remember it. You guys, <laughs> that's not who I am. <laughs> I can only remember his fucking name if he was a B-roll actor in some obscure episode of Star Trek. Then I fucking know what the guy's name is for some goddamn reason. God, I forgot how good of a run he had. Oh, so yeah. He did, he he did RoboCop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, take it for whatever. Or you feel about that. that was a rough uh, Where are you going to stop? Starship Troopers, and then Hollow Man. Yeah. Quality he, filmmaking. It yeah. seems like he went back to his home country and did some more movies after that, but I don't know I, any of them. I actually just added a couple of his films to the list. Yeah. And of course, they're the ones that aren't those films. <laughs> That's all right. I've, I've actually, I'd, I haven't looked at the list to see, but I, uh, I'm interested to see what you put on there because I would like to explore more of his filmography. 
the the fourth man, which is I, I think it's kind of the the movie that actually kind of got him the RoboCop job because, and the other one's Flesh and Blood, and that was the one he did directly before RoboCop. That is kind of a medieval night movie with Rudger Hauer in it. We also did one episode of The Hitchhiker for anybody that remembers that show. Everyone remembers that show. Horror TV from back in the day. Back when it was the only horror TV show on, so we all watched it just because. Didn't have to yep. be good. Uh, yeah, so I watched all those, that, and that was delightful and really fun. Uh, and then I went and saw Dune in IMAX. Did you guys yeah. see that in IMAX? Yeah. Did you guys watch it? No. Zero, zero interest. Yeah, I don't. I'll probably see it when it's on streaming, but I'm I'm not excited for it. So so far, I only ha- I only have one complaint. So it's you know it's part one of I don't know how many they're splitting the book into. I've got to assume three because they didn't make it very far into the book for the first movie. But Is it does it work as standalone storytelling though? I kinda. I mean the Is book. A, a, because the book's kind of broken into different sections, but there isn't a lot of resolve. I mean, the the weird thing is the thing the the thing that kind of is the climax that happens in this first section. You know what's going to happen from the opening of the movie. They almost like because the writer even almost flat out tells you like they're going to Dune and House Harkonnen is going to attack. That's what happens? Sure. But uh, my only. My only complaint is I feel like they could have got a lot more done in the movie. I, I don't know who directed it or anything, but I feel like they watched Blade Runner and got real fucking oh. into the long drawn out. Well, it's the guy that directed Blade Runner 2049. So, oh, is it that that 100 fucking percent makes sense then? Because they do a whole lot of that shit where there are these minute long reaction shots from people and you're like, I don't fucking you don't need a minute long reaction shot. <laughs> like <laughs> stop stop uh, with your art house bullshit. Like don't need it. Well that's what he's known for. It's Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Another another foreign name for you not to learn. Yeah, never gonna learn. Uh but yeah, I mean besides that, it's good filmmaking. I thought all the action pieces are good. The acting's really good. The movies very pretty. He also did Arrival, if you saw that movie. Jeremy Renner and um, Amy Adams. Maybe. I think that's one of that's that's one of that string of alien, non stereotypical yeah. movies that came out, right? Yep. But yeah, no, I was I was into it. I mean, it's it's good. They're they're genuinely making an attempt to adapt the book as close to the book as they think they can. Although I think they could actually get closer if they weren't wasting time with minute long reaction shots because <laughs> they cut out, they cut out like two entire story arcs involving two characters that I was like, I, why, why did you cut that out? That's like an interesting part of the, <laughs> the story. And instead we spent way too much time looking at pretty things. But it's okay. I mean, they were stuff that doesn't necessarily affect the main story arcs. I suppose it's acceptable to lose them. <laughs> I'm sure they were waiting for your seal of approval. Oh, Scar's 
by the scars guard is harkonnen is fucking amazing okay that's a lot of words that don't mean anything for me i know what scars guard means but i don't yeah. know which one he, i don't know which one he's referring to <laughs> yeah me neither <laughs> uh the older one uh the one from thor yeah okay yeah that's how you have to do you have to relate it back to movies we've seen yeah yeah, yeah. if you're gonna talk Har- about Har- stuff Tony. talk about marvel Harkonnen, Harkonnen's the uh, bad guy, okay. and he—I don't. So this, this, this story's been adapted a few times. In I'll give him credit where credit's due. He is the best Harkonnen. Like he's really fun. Yeah. And Batista is uh, the Beast Raban is pretty good too. Yeah, I like Batista. Just, just odd. Back in the day, I never thought. Well, one of these guys between. Batista, John Cena, or The Rock will be a really good actor. Guess which one? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll give John Cena credit. As long as John Cena's in a comedy, he's fantastic. I'm saying he wasn't, he wasn't good in The Marine? I don't know. Oh, I never saw it. I know that I've seen John Cena in a movie. Did you watch The Suicide Squad? No. No? Did you see the Amy Schumer movie? Trainwreck? Trainwreck. I did. I don't remember him being in it. He's our oh boyfriend at the beginning. He plays, he plays the boyfriend that keeps saying things that clearly imply that he's gay. I don't remember that. <laughs> that wasn't a very good movie. Oh, the I the one movie. where she's she's telling him to like be. A, she's like, "Go tell that dude you're gonna fuck him up," and he like turns around, he points at this dude, and he goes, "You, I will fuck you." That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Right. Yeah, Dune. I, I don't think Jesus fucking Christ, guys. Sorry, I never read any of the books. I never saw any of the movies. Yeah, I'm the same way. I know I hypothetically have... it exists, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think I might have to put the '70s movie on the fucking list. Uh, that's what a dick. That's, that's David Lynch, and uh, <laughs> I've I have learned over the years I'm not a David Lynch person. This make me sad. <laughs> All right. Stop. Stop hurting Jesus. You're both hurting Jesus. <laughs> did you watch anything else? No. Hey, <laughs> right, what did you watch, Doug? Uh, I got a few things. So I watched a, a 2011 movie called Sound of My Voice. You guys ever heard of this one? No. It's a really neat. It's a little film, very simple and basic. Um, it's this couple who are documentarians are infiltrating a cult to try to make a documentary about it. And they are basically, as as we learn in the opening scenes, that this leader of this cult is this woman who claims to have traveled back from the future to prepare these people for, like, the upcoming collapse of society so that people who are in the cult will be the only ones that survive kind of thing. Um, And gradually, this cult, you know, it's pretty predictable, I think. I don't think I'm breaking any grounds here where it's... um, they start to, you know, question whether she's real or not and all this stuff. Um, just simple little kind of thriller movie that has a very kind of ambiguous feel to it. So you can always kind of interpret things your own way. I don't want to give away any of the real plot details because it's a big recommend. It's on Disney Plus here, which means you guys could watch it through uh, whatever service Hulu, I think, down there. Um, but it doesn't matter. Um yeah, it's it, it was just a, a very simple, basic movie. No big action moments or anything like that. 
but I really, really enjoyed watching it. Uh, really solid performance from the girl who plays the cult leader. And if I was like a responsible, good podcaster, I would have looked up her name, but I don't know it. Um, <laughs> and it, it just does a really good job of walking that line where it's like, you know, like everything is just ambiguous enough where you could choose to interpret it your own way. Like I say, it's not like a really tense movie, but it's also, you're never kind of quite sure what's going on. So it kind of keeps you interested the whole time. And I watched a review of it on YouTube and they said like the number one words that word they would use was engaged. They said, you just always feel engaged with the movie. And that's how I felt watching it too. So it's, it's, it's a good recommend. It's one that was recommended to me back when it came out and I just never got around to it until now. Um, so I'm kind of relieved that I finally did. Um, yeah, just, just, just a solid movie, simple, basic, short, you know, um, what else did I watch? I got a bunch more stuff too, so I'll get through some of it here. <laughs> I watched the very cheesy 2019 film Candy Corn, uh, which is uh, about a it's a group of bullies who pick on a guy that works at a carnival. Oh, yeah. So the yep. evil carny brings him back to life to get revenge. Do you guys remember this one coming out a couple of years ago? Uh, I watched this one. Yeah, I think I talked about it on the show. Maybe it, it was fun. It's not a good, yeah. like a good movie in the traditional sense, but it's uh, the kills were okay, and the, it was just kind of a fun little like very simple slasher. It reminded me of like going to the video store and just grabbing those no name slashers off the shelf and watching them and just being like, oh yeah, these guys have seen a lot of other slashers and they decided to make their own. Good for them. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it's um, there's a solid performance from the leader of the carnival. It's a, a little person, and he's the same one that was in uh, 31 and a couple of other Rob Zombie movies. And he's he's solid in this. There's a, a lot of nice little homages to uh, Halloween. You know, just the way they do the credits is very similar to Halloween, and PJ Souls is in it for some reason, even though she does not belong in a movie with this low of a budget. Um Stuff like that. So it was fun. I'd recommend it to anyone who's into that. And it's kind of a fun time of year to watch it. Halloween movies. So, mm. uh, yeah, I remember thinking it was okay. I thought that it had a good setup, but maybe it didn't deliver by the end of the movie. But it's been so long. I don't even remember if it is even what I thought. I think it is like a, I think it's rated like 14A here, which would be, I don't know, like a lower level R there. It's not obviously as violent as some other slashers could be, if that's what you're looking for. Um, so I'm not sure if that could be what you're thinking about. It's hard but to tell. Some of, the, some of the blood and kills were pretty good. I had, you know, like I say, it was, I forget, I'm trying to think. It had a few like horror people in it. It was one of those movies that kind of just put little known people in. Tony Todd has a small role. Um, oh, that's right. The the main sheriff of the little town is Malachi from Children of the Corn, I think. So I'm going off memory, so maybe it's not, but I think it is. <laughs> and it was just one of those ones where it's like you see his face and it takes you the whole movie to remember who the hell you're watching and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, Courtney Gaines. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Again, I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Uh, okay. The PJ Souls, like you mentioned, Tony Todd. Yeah. It seemed like yeah, those are the big, the big names in it. 
And like Tony Todd has a pretty small role. But the more famous the person is, the smaller their role. If you go through that list. So. <laughs> but, you know, Tony Todd's actually pretty fun. He plays like one of the carnies and he's wearing an eye patch and shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a recommend as just like I, I like this kind of movie around Halloween time where it's just a kind of fun little horror movie that doesn't really mean anything. And, you know, if you turn your head for a few minutes because you're it's a, you know, you're distracted it's it's fine you're not going to miss a plot point because there isn't really any um you know you have to get your head around this ridiculous premise that these people who are like look to be in their mid-20s are still bullying people which is kind of funny like it's one of those like oh yeah on halloween we go and we play a prank on this guy and it's like you guys adults though is that still a thing you do when you're adults (laughs) jacob jacob atkins is the guy's name so they're trying to drop uh, t- Tom Atkins in there without having uh, to actually have him in the movie. They couldn't get him. Yeah. So it's the the killer. that was like, yeah, we'll name him Jacob Atkins. It's fine. Uh, that's obviously intentional. <laughs> I mean, it clearly is in this movie. I think it must be because like when you watch it, like the uh, the screen, the writing on the screen at the beginning is all that same orange type as Halloween. And the movie's set on Halloween, so it actually comes up at one point. It says Halloween across the screen in the exact Halloween uh, writing. And even the uh, the way the the film is titled, it's technically the writer-director's name, apostrophe S, and then Candy Corn. Josh, Josh Hasty's Candy Corn. I was yeah. just going to bring that up. So it's it's exactly, and it's when you see it written, you're like, oh, I see. It's kind of like John Carpenter's Halloween. It, it's done the same sort of way. It's all very obviously intentional, like so intentional that, you know, it's not a rip off. It's an homage because if they're ripping it off, they would have covered it up a little bit. So that's, yeah. that's, he made that's, another, another movie called honey spider. Really? And it looks like made the, uh, the making of documentary for 31 it should be Rob zombies movie. Okay, so maybe he has a working relationship yeah. with the, uh, I don't yeah. know the guy's name, the little, I think he's like South American little person. Yeah. Uh, Pancho Moller? Molay? I don't know. Are M-O-L-E-R? You asking, are you, are you asking me? Because I just told you I don't know, so. No. You could say anything and I would still not know if yeah. it was his name. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe if I ever rewatch it, maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah, was, I mean, was, I guess I, I'm not. I don't want to oversell it. It's not a great movie. It was just yeah. fun to watch. Um, and like I say, it's the kind of movie I like to watch this time of year. I don't know when this will go up, but just this, like for the listeners' sake, it's like the week before Halloween is really yeah. This, so. Yeah, this will come out like mid-November. So yeah, all right. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called bite from 2016 I watched specifically because it showed up on one of those lists of movies. You'll only ever watch once cause they're too gross. And I'm like, well, I'll accept that challenge. Why not? Um, basic plot line is chick goes to Costa Rica, you know, goes off the beaten path to find a really cool swimming area that tourists aren't supposed to go to gets bit by something. And then, uh, she comes home. And she's locked in her apartment and she just starts to get sick. 
and there's an infection and she starts to, and it basically turns into the fly for lack of a better description. Uh, very Cronenbergian. She's just constantly, every time you see the character, she looks more and more like some kind of a monster. Um, the fun little twist being that she actually like lays a bunch of eggs of insect eggs. So she's now protecting those from the other characters that show up to try and help her. Um, but yeah, I mean, very much a ripoff of the fly. And if anybody tries to tell you different, they're lying, but pretty well done by ripoff standards. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it quite a bit. A lot of like gross moments. There is the problem with it being like an indie film. So you've got indie film acting, um, but that's fine. And there's a weird subplot where her mother-in-law, her going to be mother-in-law because she's engaged is like, um, like doesn't like her and is like arguing against her, but they live in a building that she owns or something. And I'm like, I don't, we don't really need that. I mean, I guess you have to do some character development around because you can't just spend the whole time with the, uh, the body horror stuff, but the body horror stuff is what you're there for. And it works pretty well. And we just see this character kind of gradually devolve and, uh, yeah. It's 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 a good one. It's it is pretty gross. There's some moments in it that are just like, you know, disgusting. And if that's what you're in the mood for, it's a it's a recommend. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's like I say it's it's one that I think like people who listen to this podcast would like because it's just gross and weird, and they don't waste a lot of time with plot. They do a neat thing too with the filmmaking. Um, so the opening like. 10 minutes of the movie is like found footage and it's these girls on their vacation. But then when they come back, it's not found footage when they get back. And, but they do use that footage throughout the movie. They refer back to it for different plot points. So they like, people will be watching the footage that we saw in the opening scenes of the movie. And it's kind of a fun way to do it. I enjoyed that element of it. Cause at first I was nervous. The whole movie was going to be found footage. And I was like, I don't know if I can sit through a found footage body horror film. I don't know if that'll work. And in some ways it might be another homage to the fly. Cause of course in that he did, it was, they did have that element of him filming himself and tracking his, uh, his descent or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I watched that. And next thing I watched, it's, Time for Mike Flanagan corner. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got around to Absentia, the 2011 film that probably nice. made most people think of Mike Flanagan that I'd never seen. Um, yeah, it's still one that I haven't watched yet. Yeah, it's good. Um, it suffers from some indie film acting as well, but it's really well put together movie. It's like the, the setup of the movie is that like there's these two sisters. The one sister is uh, her husband disappeared seven years before the other sister's been off on like some adventure of her own and she comes back and she's staying with her sister and just at the time that her sister is um having the husband declared deceased in in absentia that's where the title comes from and uh so she has she gets the paperwork done declares him dead the one police officer and her have this flirtatious relationship so she finally decides she's going to start dating again literally walking away from the house to go out on her first date in seven years since her husband died. And the husband comes walking up looking completely disheveled and gross. And we come to find out that there's some weird thing going on where people around this neighborhood are disappearing 
and being taken by something and they don't they they come back all fucked up and don't know what's going on and there's dimensional shift type stuff going on um it's a little bit um ambiguous as to exactly what goes on but it's mike flanagan so the atmosphere of the film is really cool there's moments where like this the one sister goes jogging every morning and she keeps coming across this guy and she thinks it's just a homeless guy but then when she tries to bring him food he's always gone and we as an audience are knowing like okay something way more fucked up than a homeless guy just sleeping in the tunnel near their house is going on here and it all works pretty well um nice so yeah once again it's mike flanagan i recommend it if anybody ever if anybody hasn't seen it i remember wanting to see it when it came out the trailers were good and uh just never getting around to it for whatever reason um, so yeah, it's one i still need to pick up or check yeah. out myself I'm trying to remember where i watched it so i can recommend it that you do it that way but i don't remember so Oh, it seems like I've had access to it forever and just not uh, not pulled the trigger no, for any yeah. real reason. Just, just haven't done it. So and he does some neat things too. Flanagan does with the visuals in the movie that are uh, reminiscent of what they did with the Ouija movie that he made. Some of the visuals, which I thought was pretty interesting to see because I'm like, here he is like five years earlier working on an indie budget, pulling off the same shit. Um, so that that element of it, I thought was just a, a fun thing as a as a fan who's been watching all of his stuff <laughs> lately. So, but that's it though. It's just uh, just Doctor Sleep left. So, yeah. but I, was, I got to track down that director's cut because you've convinced me that it's better. And then I got to track down <laughs> three hours of free time. <laughs> yeah, then you're gonna watch it and be like, that wasn't good. I'd be like, what? But but. <laughs> I don't know. I could just watch the, the measly two and a half hour cut that's on Netflix, but I don't know. Yeah. It feels like you've convinced me that I shouldn't. <laughs> Plus, if it sucks, now I have someone to hold accountable for it. So that'll be fun. Can I just come on here and yell at you for 10 minutes? <laughs> I guess. Do you do you really think it's going to suck, though? No, not at all. I, I mean, at this point, I'm convinced that Flanagan can really do it. I, when I watch that Ouija movie, I'm just like, uh-huh. wait a minute. How can commercial for a Ouija board be entertaining me. It doesn't even make sense. Especially after a terrible first one. Well, again, never saw the first one. Never going to yeah. see the first one because I would never watch a horror movie that's just a commercial for a toy. But <laughs> but you watch a sequel to a horror movie that's just a commercial for a toy. That's completely not fair. It was a prequel. Or Oh, sorry, a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I recognize that my standards are occasionally ridiculous. <laughs> uh last thing i watched i know you guys will be happy to hear i went uh-huh. and saw halloween kills oh so yeah i don't know do we want to have a full discussion about it now that we've I all think, seen it or i think we should do a spoilery discussion at the end of the show all right Word. yeah so let's uh yeah let's hold off on that right. and uh, you just tell us what you watched i only watched two things and uh, i don't need to go in depth on one of them really but um so i was like why is there nothing to fucking do in this town so i started looking around to see if any theaters in town were showing any retro halloween movies none of them were because Peoria sucks 
But I'm like, let's check the normal theater because that's a town that's about 45 minutes away. So it's not something I can just, you know, spur of the moment go to. But, you know, something's going on. I can make the trek out that far and hopefully still be entertained. And I completely forgot that I already knew this. I didn't realize it was this day. But they were showing some horror movies at the normal theater. And one of them, specifically at 10 p.m., was Chopping Mall. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. Um, I feel like I kind of have to go to this now. Oh, if, if Chopping Mall is playing anywhere I can get to, I would be going. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, well, let's see, uh, see if the wife wants to go, because I would like to not go by myself. But, you know, sacrifices will be made if need be. Um, luckily she was into it. She wanted to get out of the house and do something. So we asked my friend Wes if he wanted to go and he was like, sure. Um, the, the lure of chopping mall convinced him. Uh, but the movie they were showing at seven was, uh, the original Carrie. And I was like, that's probably good. worth going to see on the big screen. So we decided we headed out that way. Uh, watched Carrie. Um, still really enjoy that movie. I feel like uh, watching it, um, like I found it interesting this time watching it. It's just the the movie just kind of, I don't want to say plods along because that sounds bad, but it just, it seems just like a regular 70s movie kind of going along. Yeah, Carrie's got some weird psychic powers, but they don't really seem to be part of the plot all that much. And uh, her mom's, you know, super religious psycho. So it's more just like, oh, I'm sad this girl's getting bullied or whatever. And then when we get to the prom scene and like that switch just goes off and it's just like, fuck, like the red light comes on the blood. You just got her blood all over her face. And it's just that everything just locks into place. And it's just that whole last part of that movie is so fantastic. Yeah. And that is a, a staple of 70s horror filmmaking is yeah. you know pretty simple simple movie giant climax that happened a lot back then but carrie is probably the only example where it's like a really really good and well-known movie that's loved and deserves to be loved for pulling it off so well yeah i think a lot of that has to do with the characters leading up to it are actually kind of interesting the teenagers and the their interactions are all they're believable teenager characters to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And it's like some of the stuff they do, you're just like, yeah, okay, I can see all this happening and I can also see this. And then we probably shouldn't believe the telekinetic girl because look what's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. I was just struck by how inevitable sort of everything was. It's just like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, you know, everybody makes fun of her and all that stuff. And it's like, that sucks. And then, uh, you know, Tommy comes and asks her out for the prom and she says, no, and she's talking to the gym teacher and she's like, they're just trying to trick me. While that's not a hundred percent true, like it ends up being true just because there are other people who decide this whole thing's hilarious. Let's play a horrible joke. And then her mom's like, you shouldn't go. Everybody's going to laugh at you. And that ends up happening. So it's like, yeah, she it seems like she tried really hard to like, I want to get, I want to be normal. I want to get out there. I want to interact with people in my school. I want to, you know, 
go on dates and all that stuff. And then she does it and the worst possible scenario that she predicted totally happens. And luckily, I mean, luckily or unluckily, I guess she can actually do something about it and <laughs> completely destroys the entire school. So yeah, I still, still really enjoyed it. All the, uh, couple of the young college kids that were there did not seem to, uh, like this movie. Well, yeah, if 70s filmmaking is slow and today's audiences do not like slow, right? Um, That can be a problem. You know, if you were raised on Fast and the Furious movies, you're probably not going to, you're not going to really appreciate the uh, intricacies of a movie like Carrie. Yeah. So there was lots of laughter. I heard a couple of them afterwards saying that was the funniest movie they've ever seen. I was like, just walk away. Just walk away. I'll just, just be the, the old guy that's like, you kids don't know. It's, <laughs> you don't want to be that guy, man. No. Nope. Got to try to avoid it. So we had like, we had a good hour before the next movie started. So we just walked down the street to a bar and had a couple drinks <laughs> while we waited. Um, and then Hopefully came back. Not a college bar so you didn't have to get into a fight. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were some college kids in there, but it actually wasn't super obnoxious. So, uh, seems like a bar I would hang out in if it was actually in my town, because my town sucks and has no good places to even go to anymore. As a as a random side note, I was listening to a whole different podcast, and they were talking about how this neighborhood was infested with rats because a hoarder died, and the rats took over their house, and it turns wow. out the neighborhood was in your town. So, oh, like, really? Yeah, apparently. Nice. Well, I was just like, that. um, I can't remember one of the last podcasts on the last left networks podcasts, I think. Oh, I can't remember which one, but they were telling this like horrible story about these rats taping over this neighborhood. And then they're like, it's in a town called Peoria. And I'm like, oh, I know people from there. <laughs> Could be Peoria, Arizona. There, there is two of them. Is there? But... Okay. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken then, but. Worth Googling. No, but it totally sounds like my town. That's why I'm pretty convinced it, it is. It's it's more fun for me if it's your town. So Yeah. Interesting. Um, so we came back, Chopping Mall. I, of course, was wearing my Chopping Mall shirt because you got to celebrate. You got to celebrate that shit when you get a chance, especially if you are going to see it in a movie theater, which uh, was as amazing as it sounds like. Just oh, yeah. smile on my face the whole time. Like this is the best. Just those head explosions. Yeah. That guy chewing his gum and THX yeah. surround sound. <laughs> oh my god, we we're just cracking oh, I up. Chopping mall, man. It's so good. You don't want to give a uh, plot description for anybody listening I mean, about our love of shopping mall. <laughs> I mean, it's a mall. There's robots that are supposed to patrol it. They get struck by lightning and they start killing everybody. Oh. Especially teenagers that just had sex. It's beautiful. Well, remember, I think when we did our discussion, we never came to a conclusion about whether those are supposed to be teenagers or not. Oh, yeah. That's also they all, true. They all have full-time jobs at the at like furniture stores doing accounting, but also yeah. have to call their moms to tell them they're not coming home because they want to stay out late. <laughs> One of them means even owns his own towing company, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, close enough. It's close enough an age where apparently they can all just have sex in the same room and not feel weird about it at all. It's a big room. (laughs) So whatever. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I just loved this movie. 
as soon as you know credits rolled and i made everybody stay because that i was with stay because there is a little piece after the credits where the robot rolls up and says have a nice day and i'm like no we're watching all of it and credit sequence are important uh uh yeah, when the credits started rolling, I led the entire theater in applause, like nobody was applauding, and I just started applauding very loudly, and a bunch <laughs> of other other people just chi- just joined in. That's amazing. Yeah, if there's any movie that deserves applause, it's that one. I'm gonna watch Chopping yeah. Mall probably when we're done here. So much for sleeping tonight. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Okay, it's such a great time. I would love to see that movie in the theater. I'd love it. <laughs> the whole experience of like doing a road trip to watch chopping mall somewhere would be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the best decision I've made in my entire life. Like, Hey, chopping malls playing in the theater. We have to go. <laughs> it's, you might not want to let your employer and your wife hear you say things like that, uh, but I think you're correct. She knows. Pretty sure I said it to her as we walked back to the car. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, so next week, uh, we're going to be pretty close to Thanksgiving, or at least American Thanksgiving. Yeah, the bullshit fake Thanksgiving. We're going to celebrate that um, by checking out two movies that have somewhat of a small connection to Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, one of them I have not seen, but somebody just watched on Facebook and said it's a great Thanksgiving movie. And I said, does it take place? Is it a Thanksgiving movie? And they're like, sort of. And I'm like, good enough. We're doing it on the show. Uh, so we're going to do Blood Rage. Okay. I've never seen, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I believe I've seen it. I believe it's not that good, but. I could be thinking of the wrong one. Well, you could also be thinking of Blood Freak, where a man gets gets uh, injected with mutant turkey blood and turns into a giant turkey from like the sixties or the seventies. Okay, see if that was modern day, I would have no interest in that. But if it's from the sixties or seventies, I definitely want to see it because those, <laughs> those effects are going to be horrible. <laughs> I've seen it before. I do not remember it being great, but it's Thanksgiving, so <laughs> sometimes that's what you have to do. Even turkey blood, eh? Uh, All right, I'm down for it. So prepare yourselves, everybody. We're doing movies with blood in the title and apparently have some sort of connection to Thanksgiving, I, whether it be I, a giant turkey mutant man or some weird connection that I don't know about. I seem to think that the reason those are together is because they have blood in the title. I think that's how they got on the list together. <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with Thanksgiving. Oh, they're not on the list. I just made this up this oh, week. did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, when somebody told me Blood Rage was sort of a Thanksgiving movie, I was like, that's a good enough excuse. I feel like Blood Rage is on the list, though. We're going to have to take it off. If we do oh, it is now. it? That's fine. Eh, it's not a big deal. Figure it out. I'm sure the other movie we teamed it up with was probably not good. So... <laughs> Probably not, not based on the way we've been doing things lately. <laughs> uh, all right. Are we ready to talk Halloween kills? Yeah, is Noah still here? There he is. Yeah. That maybe fell asleep. Before we get into that, Doug, do you know anything about this uh, Bible of horror, etc.? I know nothing that hasn't been made public. Apparently, 
It appears today that they've made an announcement that it'll be Patreon exclusive. So I saw that. I just clicked on the link. So for three dollar, they're doing twelve official episodes for the year. They're doing one a month, and then other random stuff to go along with it. All right. So I don't know. Three dollars a month. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know any additional information. So we'll let our one listener know they can abandon us and go back to or et cetera. Well, you know, you, you have time in your week for both. It's fine. I'm not going to tell anyone to pick us over that. But. <laughs> also, was anybody aware they did a remake of Slumber Party Massacre? Yes. Have you seen? I saw the trailer for it and I'm not going to watch it. Um, no, I haven't even seen the trailer. I've just been seeing like people posting like, the poster or whatever. Yeah, it's. I think it's might be a sci-fi original or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, oof. I watched the trailer and I'm like, nope, not even close. So, all right. Well, let's go back to Haddonfield, where this one takes place on the same night as the last movie. Yeah. This just before we get anything else started, we'll just say this is the movie. The movie series where they're like, Halloween 2 sucks. We're not going to, we're wiping that out because it's terrible. We're going to make our sequel that takes place on the same night, right after. And then Jamie Lee Curtis will spend the whole time in a hospital bed. (laughs) Exactly. And we're going to lift footage from Halloween 2 to use in this movie after we badmouthed it and said it needed to get tossed in the trash. Uh, Oh, uh, we're going to be spoilery. So if anybody, for some reason, has not watched it and cares... Based on box office, everybody's seen it. So right, exactly. Goddamn druid, Michael Myers. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, one hundred percent. After all those interviews with him being like, "No, the trailers are a little misleading. It's not supernatural." Bullshit. Yeah. We'll have to see in the third movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. The big thing for me is I feel like the idea of Haddonfield getting pissed and rising up to fight back against Michael Myers works on paper. Like it sounds like a good idea. Yes, I agree. I feel like it was not executed very well. Well, here's here's the the big problem with that. So they have this the idea of okay, Jamie Lee Curtis is in the hospital. And she's she's out of the picture. She she cannot be in this fight. So we bring back other characters from from the from the original movie. The idea of bringing in Tommy and Lindsay, good idea. And they come in and they rile the town to stand up against Michael. Okay, good. That that's a good idea. And it's reasonably well executed. The second time they do it, the second time when they bring Michael out into the street and the all of these different people, many of whom are characters we've seen before. Some are just random town folk attack Michael Myers. That's great. Except we already spent what, how long is that middle part of the movie? 40 minutes of watching them chase the penguin around a hospital screaming like maniacs and proving that it's a bad idea to do this. And then you turn around and try to make it seem like a good idea to do this. You take that middle part out that whole, that fucking half an hour literally of the movie that is just people yelling evil dies tonight and you use that time to develop the story and to develop the characters to give us an idea of what Tommy and Lindsay have been doing this whole time 
you know, where, where, where are they coming from? Yeah. Like where, where are these characters coming from and why are they approaching it this way? You know, especially since this is supposedly a planned trilogy, you could have introduced those characters last movie. You could have given them an arc where last movie, they weren't particularly interested in joining Laurie's fight. And now that Michael has come back and they've seen the damage he can do, now they're on board that that's something you could do and have a character arc for these people. But instead they don't do anything that no. the most ham fisted introduction of a character ever is having Tommy ruin a perfectly good fucking variety show by standing up and making sure everybody in the room gets depressed after a perfectly good ventriloquist cheered them all up. Like, <laughs> like very frustrating, yeah. very frustrating movie to watch. I feel like, uh, and I don't know, maybe this is a weird complaint for a slasher movie, but I mean, it's a sequel to a 40 year old movie. Um, I have no idea what Tommy and Lindsay and Marion have been up to since the last, the first movie. Absolutely. No, nothing. I know nothing about them other than they interacted with Michael Myers 40 years ago. And that's literally the only thing I know about them. I noticed on my second time watching it because my friend wanted to watch it and I have the peacock, whatever, since I have Xfinity cable, I get it for free. And I was like, Oh, well don't go to the theaters. Come over here and watch it. I'll watch it again. Even though I wasn't in love with it. So on the rewatch, I was sort of paying attention I noticed Tommy's wearing a wedding ring and I was like, (laughs) well, I was like, okay, are him and Lindsay married? I don't think so. Cause they don't, they don't interact like they're married. And if they're not, who is he married to? It seems like that would have been something like maybe I should call my wife and tell her to stay inside or something, just anything. Yeah. But instead he's just running around like a crazy person yelling evil dies tonight but and making horrible decisions the entire all, movie all of it feels so thrown together because even the whole thing where he carries that baseball bat around the whole movie right yeah but he he just gets that because it happens to be in the bar he's in when he sees the news report about michael coming out it's not his baseball bat no he actually technically steals it he should get charged mm-hmm. with a crime for that i mean it's it, it feels like they, they didn't care to develop any of these storylines or characters and it's really unfortunate because like we've already said good ideas the idea of bringing in these three characters from the well three five five or six characters from the 78 film it's all that's all a good idea the idea of giving the the officer there was i forget his name the Uh, one that ends up in the hospital with lori yeah sheriff well yeah hawkins Hawkins, yeah. The idea of giving him a backstory that ties into that 78 film in a way that doesn't doesn't change anything that happened in the original movie kind of adds on a, a po- like a post credit scene to that 78 movie. That's a good idea. Like there's yeah. there's you know, I mean and you're like I assume that's going to pay off a little more in the third movie, but it's that's all a good idea. It's it's just you have to tell a story in your movie. Even if it's a very simple story, you have to tell a story. Yeah, there has to be characters. Who's the main character of this movie? Does anybody know? Michael Myers. Is he? Are you sure? 
I don't know. Because we spend a lot of time with other characters when Michael's not around. The uh, the the uh, nurse and doctor people who are out for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> no like, yeah, I. There's a lot of that, and and even like the tw- like they played up a big twist in this movie. The idea is Michael's not actually coming for Laurie. He's just trying to get back to his house, which is basically what he did in the '78 film, right? Yeah. That's that's an interesting idea. That's a really good twist. Except they told us that in the 2018 movie. Remember, the only reason that Myers and Laurie ever got together is because that doctor who was there for plot convenience put them together. Mm -hmm. So we already knew that coming into this movie. So it's not a plot twist. So don't treat it like it's a plot twist. The granddaughter has to remind everybody (laughs) because she was there to witness it. And that it's fine. It's fine to have the town figuring out what the audience already knows. But why are they acting like it's this giant turn in the movie? When the rest of us already know that, like, that's not how you handle that. It's really, it's really poor storytelling is what it is. And it's again, unfortunate because we haven't gotten to the positives of this movie yet. And there are a lot of positives about it. It's not a terrible movie, but it's just very frustrating to watch it and be like, why aren't you telling us a story? Why aren't you giving us characters? You know what I mean? You're going to bring back these guys from like you, the whole last movie was what has Laurie been doing since 1978? Yeah. Great. And then you bring in these other characters and you're like, what have they been doing? I don't know. Yeah. We know that they, we know that they go to the bar and spoil people's fun on Halloween night. That's all we know about them. Weirdly, Lonnie is the only one who seemed like he had more of a more going on than what the other ones did. Yeah. And that's, that's just because we mainly find out that he's the dad of the asshole boyfriend from the first movie. Yeah, but okay, and there's a, this is going to get to another one of my complaints, though. I hope I'm not going off on too much of a tangent, but like that boyfriend should not have been in this movie. He right. served his purpose in 2018, and he did not belong in this movie, and he's the opening fucking character we see. And it's, that whole scene at the beginning didn't need to be there with him. The movie should have opened with the flashback to 78. Yeah. That, would have, that, that thing where it starts with a flashback to partway through the last movie then jumps back to 78, then jumps back to the last minute of the previous movie is too confusing and mumbled at the beginning. And it it took me out of the movie right away. It should have just opened with that, that flashback sequence, which is really well done. Like they make that stuff look really good. The Loomis stuff is fantastic. Like I found myself standing in the parking lot with my buddy afterwards, just be like, how the hell did they get those shots of Loomis? Like, is that old footage? We, We did not know until I could come home and look it up. Yeah. what they had done and it's like it's well, so well done weirdly enough when uh shockwaves was still on you know ryan turk your buddy that used to hang out with at not, the, uh, not at, but don't say the, that because then the people email in and say oh you know him and i'm like no then i have to go through a whole thing uh he uh was talking that they had a different opening for the last movie which would have been the end of the the original movie but then it would have been added on and having Loomis run down the stairs after shooting Michael and trying to see, you know, where he went since he disappeared and stuff. And then Michael would come out of the darkness and stab him or whatever and kill him. Um, just to sort of set off like, well, we're going in a different direction, guys. But after everything, they were like, well, this all seems like a little much. Maybe we'll just not do any flashbacks and we'll just focus on. 
So I feel like this is them coming back to that idea a little bit. Yeah. Like, what if we flash back to to the original movie and show a bunch of stuff that you know nobody knew happened? But it's, it's really well done, and I don't think any of it there. There's issues with the fact that the Michael Myers in the flashbacks moves at the speed of the Michael Myers in the 2018 film and not the Michael Myers from the 78 film, um, which is weird because not that many people get faster when they go from 21 to 61, but you know, whatever. Um, it's, so there's issues like that if you want to get really nitpicky, but it looks great. I think they did a good job of playing it up as these are a possibility of the events after the after the the movie ended it also plays into the whole storyline about he's just trying to get home because that's where he went after after everything that happened with laurie according to this movie everything that happened with laurie in 1978 he gets shot six times falls off a balcony gets up and goes that sucked i'm going home and that's your character that's what you want so introduce us start the movie with that don't start the movie with the annoying kid who threw somebody's phone and in a punch bowl last movie. Yeah. No one liked that guy in 2018. Why would we want to see him again? He serves no point. Well, she forgives him right, right away. And they, for some yeah. reason, start hunting down Michael Myers together. So that, yeah. that whole thing in the last movie was pointless then. Yeah. Right. Again, no characters. Um, they just, they are not interested in presenting us with characters or stories. And that's frustrating. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Noah, I know you've been really quiet, and I remember you telling us you thought it was pretty good. So is there anything you like about the movie? I mean, I I was kind of into it. I feel like what they were going for is they were trying to kind of make a modern 1970s movie. But I think the problem is, you know, they're trying to make a 70s movie because Halloween's a 70s movie. But Halloween is kind of the thing that broke horror out of the 70s so that's a weird direction to go but i don't know i i mean i was kind of into it i was kind of into like the exploitation feel of it just this you know angry mob in their misplaced uh rage while there's an actual monster on the loose so you enjoyed watching them chase the penguin around the hospital for (laughs) whatever i think it was too long but i actually thought that was a good part of the movie i I thought it was a utter waste of time. I didn't like any element of it. The idea, too, that that mob thought that the penguin was Mike Myers is crazy. How would you possibly think that? And I don't even understand how he got away from them because his legs are like way shorter than everybody else's. So how come he can outrun well, them upstairs and stuff? As Anthony Michael Hall said to Sheriff Brackett, he always wears a mask. How do we know it's not him? And, you know, probably the foot height difference and stuff. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the fact that he's not 7'2". <sighs> yeah. Yeah, like all that was frustrating. Now, let's say some positive things because, I, again, I don't, I didn't hate the movie. I don't think any of us hated it, right? Obviously, no one's the most positive. <laughs> yeah. But let's just say, like, the gore is fucking yeah. awesome. Like, the kills are very well done. Again, I I have my issues with the way these filmmakers mix their comedy and their horror, and they don't know how to, they don't understand that you stop making a joke when you want people to start being scared. Um, The easiest version to point to is that, um, that 
old couple at the beginning, the, the first kind of couple that Michael finds. It's another homage to Halloween 2, by the way, that they <laughs> say shouldn't exist. But they homage it again by having him go into the bickering old couple and steal his knife from there. Um, yeah. Which is exa- exactly how he got his knife for Halloween 2. But it's he, he goes in and he's you get that a couple of funny moments, that moment where the guy's like, there's a big motherfucker in a monster mask in the back room. And the wife's like, well, what does he want? He goes, who gives a shit? Let's get out of here. <laughs> That's a really funny moment. But then they continue the humor through the kill. And it takes a lot of the, it takes any horror element out of that kill. It becomes, it's the difference between watching Friday the 13th part four kills and Friday the 13th part six kills, right? They're not, it's now a comedy film for the purposes of, of, of this horror and it, it reduces the impact of the violence which is yeah. a problem for me again the horror is quite well done um like the the actual gore effects are good there's lots and lots of it i don't know what the body count in this movie is i know people have been talking about how big it is it's i mean it's huge it feels yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it feels like a friday the 13th instead of a yeah i can see that for sure yeah yeah um yeah yeah, I mean, he he wipes out all the all the firefighters in the beginning. Eleven of them, they said. Which uh, apparently there was a big uproar about that before the movie was released. Yeah, whatever. Which like, is funny. And him killing firemen. Yeah, yeah, there was some petition going around, like taking out all the killing of the firemen at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, that's dumb. Uh, what's funny is all the people who played firemen were actual firefighters that volunteered to come and be in the movie. So fuck them. It was also a weird moment at the beginning of the movie. This is, this is me nitpicking in the middle of our broader discussion, but the way the firefighters are putting out that fire is just not, you would never put out a fire that way. Like they were into the burning house with their hoses and they're like trying to spray like little individual spots. It's like, that's not how you put out a fire. No, a friend of mine's a firefighter. I was like, I should talk. I should talk to him, have him watch it, and tell me no. everything they did wrong. Like, like you, you, they might send people in if they're if they believe there's a person in there to rescue. Mm-hmm. But entering the house like that, a house that's on fire that much, to put out the fire makes no sense. They would have stood back and doused it with water and fought the flame, and then entered after they thought it was safe to go in. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Could use more of a Michael killing with the uh, the fireman's tool that he comes walking out with. I did like that tool. That was a good killing yeah. tool. I feel like that would have been a good one for at least a couple more kills. But yeah. got like one or two with the fireman and then use the uh, He's a traditionalist. He wanted giant to go, saw. He wanted to go back to his uh, his butcher knife. That's why he had to go yeah. find the old couple. Um, how, how do we feel about Big John and Little John? I, don't know, all I, right. thought, I thought that was all pretty delightful. Uh Look, I, I'm not the most woke guy in the world. Am I the only one who thinks that that was like, I, I I think I am the only one who thinks this, but I think that that was a really offensive portrayal of that gay couple. <laughs> not not because they got killed. I've seen I've seen really stupid people online arguing that, well, Michael Myers killed them. So he's like homophobic or something. And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. He kills everybody. He doesn't matter. Uh, he only kills but, them because they're living in his house. Yeah. And. and you know, because they happen to be there. He doesn't need a good reason, especially not yeah. the, the version of Michael Myers in these movies. But I just found like, to me watching these two guys interact, like how about the fact that it's like a gay couple, they call each other big John and little John. Like, I don't think that that's right. It felt like a nineties SNL skit where it's not, you're not, they're not a gay couple that happened to be funny. 
it's the joke is that they're gay. Do you know what I mean? It just felt like a very dated thing. It, like yeah. I say, 90s SNL, I probably would have laughed at that. I cringed a little bit watching it in theaters this time. I uh, It didn't bother me, really, but um, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it was like a positive portrayal either. I just was kind of... People seem to really like about it. it. From yeah. what I can tell online and reading other reviews, um, I I was shocked by that. Like I thought, watching it in theaters, I'm like, oh, this will be the thing everyone's complaining about. Didn't occur to me people would complain about the firefighters. Uh, about the only thing that I like from them being in this movie is one of them's Michael McDonald, mm-hmm. and he now has the uh, the. Um, uh, recognition of being the only person who was killed by Michael Myers and Mike Myers. <laughs> Cause he is the guy that gets run over in the steamroller in the first Austin powers movie. Well, good for him. <laughs> I hope that's on purpose. I'll give these filmmakers credit. If they can demonstrate that they like, they have like a sealed envelope that they sealed before anyone else saw the movie. And they're like, see, this is a fun tidbit we put in. It's not just a coincidence. <laughs> I want that to be true. Uh, and then Bob Odenkirk's in this movie. Yes. Did, yeah. Did anybody else catch this? Uh, uh, but according to your silence, I will say no. I did not. I'm trying to picture it now because how the hell did I not notice Bob Odenkirk? Uh, so there's, they're going over the news report on the TV at the bar. They're like, this reminds us of the killings from 40 years ago of, mm-hmm. you know, three teenagers, blah, 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 blah. And they show like an old picture of like uh, PJ Souls, and then a high school picture of that guy Bob, one who got impaled on the wall. Yeah. So it turns out that picture of Bob is not of the actor who played Bob. Really? That is that is an actual high school photo of Bob Odenkirk. And when uh, David Gordon Green was going through, you know, trying to figure out what to do for this movie. Somehow he ended up with a picture of Bob Odenkirk from high school. And he's like, man, he looks just like that Bob guy from the first movie. It's like, we should just totally use this as Bob's picture on the news. That's fun. I like that. <laughs> so they, I mean, they cleared it up. However, legally they have to do all that. And then, yeah. So Bob Odenkirk has a small cameo in this movie, but nobody recognizes him because it's his high school senior picture. I like that. I did not. I would not. I would not. That explains why I didn't recognize him. Super but random. It is super random. It's fun. I like it. And he's listed in the credits. So he's like one of the last cast members. It says Bob, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> it's like, I watched right. all the credits too. I'm surprised I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea. I was just like, what the fuck? I read about that afterwards. I was like, that's insane. That's hilarious. I like that. Uh, so how do we feel about mob justice at the end and then michael myers being like fuck this just stands up and starts murdering everybody and then druid michael myers (laughs) yeah like again i think the the idea of like the idea of tommy and Lindsay and a couple of other characters in the first film rallying the town to go after michael myers is a good one I think that the execution when Judy Greer's character goes in and saves her daughter and then turns around and runs the fuck out. So Myers will chase her and brings, I think that's was pretty well done. 
And when when the, the whole town starts showing up and surrounding him and Michael's like looking around confused, I enjoyed like I enjoyed that. I thought the like the violence again looked good in that moment. I thought that whole scene was done really well. It was undercut by the fact that they'd already done a giant mob justice scene earlier in the movie. That was, in my opinion, not well done and served no purpose whatsoever other than to just frustrate the shit out of me. Um, but it's super fucking weird to have him get up and kill all the main characters in a montage at the end of your movie. Isn't it? Yeah. Like to have him kill Tommy and then to have him kill the Judy Greer character all in this like weird montage when the movie's over is very strange. I don't understand it. Technically, we don't know if Tommy's dead or not. I'm assuming he's supposed to be, but I, I took it as he was, but I guess, I mean, they could pull what they did with Hawkins and just be like, he was severely hurt, but he's got to yeah, be okay. You could do that technically with any of the characters, I guess, if you wanted to. But yeah. it's very strange. And then all the, like, like Noah's right when they start. It's frustrating if they're going to go the supernatural route. I just, I don't, I don't I, like, I, the, I, I don't I, like that either, but I don't, I can't come up with what excuse they're going to use. They put like a knife into movie. his spinal column right, right below the neck. Like, yeah. And while Loomis, you know, shot him nine times or whatever, it's nine like random hits that you don't fully see that yeah. dude in this took a desert eagle and put four holes in his lungs <laughs> yeah yeah no you look you can't pretend that this didn't kill him and from the way they were talking it doesn't sound like they intend to pretend that no. so so supernatural michael myers next movie and I, it seems like it has to be i, I don't love that direction I don't either. I have to say when they, when they decided they were going to make this trilogy of new films, we were kind of promised a throwback to the original movie. And that was a lie, plain and simple. And that's, I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes with these new movies because the, that there was nothing supernatural about Michael Myers in that first movie. Matter of fact, you know where the first implications of a a potentially supernatural Michael Myers comes from the Halloween two that they dismissed because they said it was stupid and they didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity. I don't know. Like, I don't have an idea for how you fix it, but it's just like kind of did a bunch of stuff you said you weren't going to do. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. The thing is, it's, it's, this was just a frustrating movie to watch because there's good ideas. There's well executed kills. You know, there's, in my opinion, it's too many kills. Um, but whatever. That, that would that would be a, a minor nitpick if the rest of the movie was something I really loved. And it's like, if you had taken the time, like, again, make us give a shit about Tommy in some way. Like, caring about characters no. isn't they did one funny thing on screen before they got killed. That's not what caring about characters is. Like, you need no. to have... It's fine to have some body count in your movie. I have no problem with that. I'm a slasher fan. You have a few characters that show up and they're goofball background characters and they get slaughtered. Great. But there's no characters in this movie whatsoever. The only character that gets the only real conversation that happens between any characters in this movie is 
Laurie and Hawkins in the hospital bed, which is just set up for the next movie. I assume, I assume it's set up for the next movie. I'm not sure, yeah. but it has nothing to do with the plot of this movie. So how am I supposed to give a shit about any of these people who got killed? Other than the fact that some of them were funny and now they're dead. Yeah. It's I, I, yeah. I feel because, like the, the next movie is going to do a lot of heavy lifting to uh, sort of redeem this yeah. whole thing, I guess. I have a feeling that if there's backlash to the idea of him being supernatural, that all that's going to happen is they're going to say like, no, he's not. And we're just going to be expected to believe that he just somehow magically survived all that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Like, and like, like Noah said it perfectly. He's like in that first movie, everything that happens to him, you could survive. Lots of people get shot six times and don't die. Lots of people fall off of a second story balcony and don't die. Yes, it's like unlikely that all these things are going to happen to you in one night and you won't die. But still, yeah. it's just, yeah, I don't. I, again, I didn't hate this movie. I, that there were a lot of fun moments. There was a lot of good, good kills, good gore. I enjoyed like a lot of the callbacks. Um, it just feels like there's so much better they could have done. And it feels like maybe... You know, just because Jordan Peele can make good movies, don't just let every fucking comedian that wants to make a horror movie take over a major franchise. Like, have Jordan Peele make a Halloween movie that I would watch. Like watching, watching this movie, I kept thinking, like, isn't this exactly what we were worried about when we saw Danny McBride was involved in the Halloween franchise? Isn't a lot of what we're the, the complaints we're having is is that it's. It's having a non-horror person, a person who doesn't care about horror the way we care about horror, taking over a major franchise like this. I don't know. See, I was kind of into the fact that Danny McBride was getting it just because he seemed like legitimately a huge Halloween fan. Uh, I was was hopeful at the time, but I, I don't love either of the movies that came out so far. I think this one is a big step down on 2018. Really? See, I feel the exact opposite. I felt like this was way fucking better than that last one. I just, I don't understand what people like about this movie at all. Other than just strode drama, and this one was just violence, which I'd rather have just violence than. So then you must absolutely hate the 20, this 1978. Like, why do you even watch sequels to it? I mean, but it's a different, it's a different thing. It's not, it's not melodrama. All right. I don't know. It's, totally. it's it's fine, I guess. I just I'm kind of on the same boat too, where I I don't I liked the last movie a lot more than I liked this one. I mean, for me, the Halloween trilogy is still one, two, four. That's you know what I mean. Uh, I I they haven't done anything with this reboot to me that justifies rebooting the franchise. They could have just as easily said, look, it's Druid Michael Myers and he comes back to life now and had him slaughter random town folk. And there would have been this, the same emotional impact as these movies that are supposed to be, you know, quote unquote, reviving the series. Goddamn Druid Michael Myers. <laughs> we'll no. still blame it on that. It's a good fucking point, though. It, 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 it's really hard for me to deal with the fact that they've decided Michael Myers is supernatural. I, I don't like that twist. And... It certainly seems that that's what they're doing. Yeah, it'll be interesting, like we said, to see like what their reasoning is during Halloween ends. 
how it all is going to tie together. Yeah, I don't know. The weirdest thing is it they spend this whole movie. The the first two movies are about how Michael's not actually after Laurie. He's just going to his house and he only goes after Laurie by coincidence. But they certainly seem to be setting it up so that the final movie will be the showdown between the two of them. Right. Which is kind of yeah. weird. It's a weird way to do a trilogy is two movies of telling us that it doesn't matter if these two ever see each other again, followed by making them fight. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I would, I would be totally into her just getting killed off in the next movie. Which will probably happen. Although the last time they tried doing that. No. Although that opening yeah. scene of Resurrection where she gets killed off is actually not bad. It's just everything that happens after it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I just imagine it's going to be like a... Uh... Either a Sherlock Moriarty thing where they both seemingly die, but in a way that they can't like check for sure, or it'll just be they both she kills him and then dies afterwards due to her injuries or whatever. I feel like she will die in some form. I just don't know. I agree. I, I think they yeah. kill each other in their final battle. Yeah. And again, What's the point of a trilogy if you spend two movies saying that it doesn't matter and then the whole one, yeah. last one is all about it's all just about them tracking him down. I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's also weird knowing going in that it's a trilogy. So knowing that pretty much like nothing nothing's going to happen that's going to keep Michael Myers from coming back to life. Yeah, like the whole thing with um, the whole thing with the, that, the town, the mob catching him and beating him down, like watching it I was thinking to myself, like, this would be cool if I didn't know for a fact there was another movie coming. <laughs> like, that that really hurts the impact of that scene. Because, again, I think that particular scene is very well done. Uh, I read something interesting, which I did not catch the uh, from the first movie. But apparently the uh, doctor-nurse couple are yeah. actually in, in the first movie for a quick second. Yeah, apparently. <clears throat> Yeah, apparently when he's walking down the street, you can see them get in their car to go off to the to the bar to listen to Tommy's really depressing story, apparently. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I think I like it less now than when, before we started talking about it. <laughs> one, one thing's for sure. I'm going to go see the third one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I'm just happy I got to watch this on Peacock, so I didn't actually pay for it. Yeah, I, did, I, did, I did not reward them for bad behavior. Well, see, I did what you did with Chopping Mall. I drove to another town. and <laughs> <laughs> You made an event out of it and then did, were sal- yeah. salty the whole way home. I, like, I met up with like an old friend who I haven't seen since the pandemic started. <laughs> we were hung out for a while and then we stood in the parking lot and like complained about this movie. And then I had like a multiple hour drive home. <laughs> God damn, damn it. Son of a bitch. Oh, well. Well, the good news is I at least got an article out of this. So by the time you're hearing this, hopefully I will have an Easter eggs, uh, you know, stuff you missed article up on Joe Blow. All right. But my editor's not uh, getting back to me, so I don't know how long it's supposed to be. So he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Maybe don't publicly say things like that about him. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't listen. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, does this podcast even technically count as public? I'm not sure, but... We're down to about 150 downloads per episode, so... 
pretty much just talking to ourselves at this point. Yeah. All 99 of me. <laughs> just, just Noah at home all weeks driving up the numbers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's got an IP scrambler and then he keeps downloading it. <sighs> all right. Any final thoughts before we put Halloween kills to bed? I'm, I, it's, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. It's worth watching, but keep your expectations very low. That's what I would say. And maybe when you see a lot of people in a hospital, that's when you want to take your pee break and pee for a long fucking time. Cause they will run around that hospital for fucking ever. I watched a, uh, a YouTube channel that I watch every once in a while, did a review of this, and they edited it together every time someone said, it's been 40 years. <laughs> Guess what? It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Is it more or less than the time they say evil dies tonight? <laughs> that was the other compilation they put together, and that was also a lot. Yeah. At the point when the entire hospital is chanting it, I was like, okay, you take this down a notch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole segment of the movie, and I'm just like, and then knowing that they could have used that time better and like, I don't know, frustrating. Yeah. So what's a better way to introduce these returning characters? I was trying to think, like Marion, well, Marion was a nurse, so you could have had her working at the hospital. Yeah, some, yeah. Unlikely that she'd be at the hospital for 40 years after but what about just they just show up to visit laurie in the hospital it's not complicated yeah. right they that's show up I, to visit laurie in the was... hospital like they would they've all yeah. lived in this town and you could then have dialogue and whatever to let us know that like oh for years they were telling her she was crazy that michael's never coming back and they're there to like like hat in hand to say like look like we're, we're sorry this happened to you and we're sorry we didn't listen to you for the last 40 years we should have been listening and we watch them kind of learn that lesson and decide that's when they could decide then that they're going to stand up, right? Yeah. That they're going to take, follow her lead rather than have it be like, like, I, I have no idea. Like, was Tommy waiting for Michael and prepared to fight the way Laurie was? Or is it just a coincidence that he was making that speech in the bar that night and decided to steal that baseball bat and run after some guy that's clearly not Michael. <laughs> coincidence. Complete like, coincidence. Yeah, like they, they say every year on Halloween he goes and drinks at this bar to commiserate with the other three. I did do I did part of I did kind of want to go to that bar. Like honestly, I want to go to a bar that's having a talent show on Halloween night and there's just drunk people doing ventriloquist acts and shit. i I'm down for that. <laughs> but like again, I, I want to know who these characters are and shit. I, I want to like, I want to know who Tommy is. Like you say, he's wearing a wedding ring. Where's his family? Why aren't they with him? If this is such a hard night of the year for him, why aren't they with him? Or why isn't there a line of dialogue explaining that? Like, Hey, the three of us get together. Cause the three of us are the only ones who understand what we went through that night. So that's why we're here without our families. You know, anything like that. One or the other, I don't care which one choose which way you want to make your movie, but don't just ignore it. Which, by the way, they retrofit Lonnie into that group too by showing a scene that he saw Michael Myers on the uh, on the yeah. sidewalk and then fell down scared, and then when he got up, he was gone, and that's his big uh, his big PTSD moment for the past forty years. That that felt it felt forced, but I it was well done. I thought I thought that flashback scene was pretty well done. 
Yeah. It did feel very forced, though. But I, yeah, I just, I don't mind the flashback scene, but then I don't understand his, like, we get together every Halloween. It's like, Jesus. Your babysitter, your babysitter got killed. You guys got chased out of the house by a wild, by a wild man. I laid down on the sidewalk and cried. That's all. Someone also in one of the reviews I watched pointed out that like, why the fuck is Mary in there? <laughs> it's like, yeah, Michael carjacked her in the first one. Yeah. And then she, what decided, she was there. To, decided she, to move to the town to, uh, that, you know, Michael killed a bunch of people in. Well, wasn't she there in the second? Oh no, sorry. That one's not canon though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really has no connection to Haddonfield other than Michael Myers stole her car and drove there. <laughs> I guess the only you could make the argument that she had a very close encounter with Michael. Closer than Lonnie. She yeah. deserves to be there more than Lonnie does, but it's yeah. still just like, yeah, you know, first. yeah, like it, it, 80 year old lady who's hanging out with these like near 50 year old uh, people. I mean, I, at least I can see it. I, I didn't really question her being there. You're right. But I think I'm in my head. She was a bigger part of it because I'm I'm incorporating part two. Um, I guess we could just say that she got to know him through everything with Loomis afterwards. Maybe there was some like sure, yeah, connection there. But yeah, I, I think you're I think you're nitpicking weird. a little bit. But sure, I wouldn't have even thought of it if if it wasn't in this review and they were just kind of riffing on it. And I, I did find it kind of funny that yeah. they're like they're right. She is like, well, that guy stole my car and it really upset me. So maybe I should move to the town where he went and murdered a bunch of teenagers afterwards to make we me feel we better. We don't know that. Either. She could just go there on <laughs> Halloween. To see I know. It's still funny to think about. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my friends posted on Twitter that Tommy Doyle 100 percent gets his vaccine research from message boards. <laughs> <laughs> And I could not argument. stop laughing. I could totally see that <laughs> argument. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there was a good opportunity. I mean, I was excited they were bringing all these characters back. And then it just seemed like it's like, yeah, this is the character. You know, remember he was dressed up in a karate outfit in the in the original movie? Yep, that's him. Don't need to know anything else about him, though. No. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What did you guys think about like just having Sheriff Brackett just suddenly be at the hospital working security at 400 years old? Yeah, that was also another sort of just weird thing, but I don't know. I mean, I guess when you go to hospitals, they do have like the old retired cop sitting there. It's like him. And then there's sometimes like the volunteer lady that brings the flowers to the room, usually beside each other. They don't really expect yeah. any problems. They're just there to like check in basically. Oh yeah, my original point. Uh, yeah, one of the, I mean, they could have gotten rid of the whole bar thing, and then them chasing down a random the other escape mental patient. And yeah, they could have just cut to a scene of Tommy watching the news and be like, "Oh shit, yeah. going to the going to the hospital," and actually busting out the line that I think would have held a little bit more like weight before watching him do all this crazy shit beforehand of just telling her like you know 40 years ago you protect me i'm going to protect you i want to make sure you're safe and work him into the story that way yeah 
but no, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's it. In some ways, they overcomplicated things, and in some ways, they tried to not spend time telling a more complicated story. If that makes sense, the two can. It's weird that both happened, but it's like the obvious thing to do is have them show up at the hospital to visit Lori. Why wouldn't you do that? All this shit's going to be on the news. They're all at home. They all see it. They get together and they go see Lori, and that's where we get our exposition and we get to know the characters a little bit. Rather than having Tom Tom get up and retell the story of the original movie to a bar full of randos, why? Yeah. Exactly. Like it. And like you said, right after Ventriloquist. Yeah, it's like, why is he doing this? And why are like, you know what I mean? And it's it's this weird thing too, where they try to play it up like the whole town is traumatized. Three people got killed forty years ago. A town is not traumatized by that. I'm sorry. It's, it's unreasonable to believe that like yeah it'd be a story that people would still tell and stuff like that but especially yeah. like in your country where that many people get killed every day in every town like you're not wrong especially in illinois like yeah like not to, like not to be rude but in illinois is it that unusual for three people to get killed in the same night uh, all of all of illinois no yeah oh, yeah like, well, chicago yeah yeah like like, yes, I'm not saying there wouldn't be people who were impacted. Like, anybody who was involved totally would be impacted. And there, there might be some people who are still hesitant about things. But yeah. for the most part, it's, you know. It, it would end up being like, well, three teenagers were stabbed by this escaped mental patient. And after that, the town was just never the same. The The yeah. factory shut down and. Uh, yeah. You know, people just couldn't go on. The town's almost a ghost town now. There's hardly anybody living here. It's like Again, that, the, that, that seems like insane for, the other, for a murder of three people. The other side effect of that, too, though, is like we're back to this thing where it's a trilogy. Did it seem like at all? Did that feel like a traumatized town in that first movie? Every time Laurie tried to tell somebody that something bad was coming back, everyone laughed at her and told her to shut up. Yeah. None of them were traumatized people who were like, oh, maybe she has a point. Maybe streets, we should all be scared. You streets know, were streets were full of trick-or-treaters. And yeah. even even when Michael and full Michael Myers regalia popped up into the street, nobody like looked at him and was like, oh, fuck, it's a Michael Myers guy and like ran off. Wow. Everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like nobody cared. Yep. And which is a more accurate portrayal. But then even if. Again, if if you want it to play it that way, you could do it well enough where we wouldn't be questioning it. What it's just, I don't know. I feel, I feel like when they do stuff like this, they need to like the studio should be like, well, we need scripts for all three movies at the same time. Yeah, like don't make the first one as a test, and then go film it, and then think you have a great idea for the second one if it doesn't even line up. I had the same problem with it, Chapter Two. Some of yeah. the plot points in that one didn't no, line up with the first movie. Right. It goes, it, so, goes, it goes all the way back to the whole, like, fucking Marty McFly doesn't like to be called chicken in the Back <laughs> to the Future trilogies. Like, yeah. if that's going to be such a big deal in those movies, it probably should have been brought up in the first one. But th- yeah. that was never conceived as a trilogy. Yeah. <sighs> so weird. Um. All right. Well, we're to the point we're talking about Back to the Future movies now. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about trilogies where they add plot points in the sequels 
that they should have brought up in the first one if they right. wanted it to be consistent. <laughs> it's a relevant nice. point I made. It, it is relevant. I'm just... <laughs> we're on the opposite end of the spectrum from Halloween now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. It's better than the Rob Zombie movies. I'll give it that much. I don't, I, I'd have to rewatch the first Rob Zombie one before I'd comment on that. Yeah. That's where I'm at with this. See the white trash kid who gets bullied by everybody, including his own stepdad, and wonder why he turns into a serial killer? Oh, I don't wonder why. I mean, the kills are probably better in this. But they don't, they're not offset by annoying humor in the Rob Zombie movie. I don't know. They don't have, like, grease just oozing out of their pores like they do in Rob Zombie movies. His, his version of Dirty is very greasy and dirty. What can you say? Uh, is anybody else surprised that... Uh, his wife's playing Lily Munster in his Munsters project. Oh, I assumed that that's why they hired him to direct was so that they uh, could convince her to come on board. As as a great man once said, if Rob Zombie remakes Jaws, she'll play the shark. <laughs> have you guys seen that somebody's edited that poster together with her as the shark? <laughs> sure have. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Terrible. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.